Let's face it, this is not the worst thing you've caught me doing. You look nervous. I'm in a glass case of emotion! Only let go of me. I think you're worth on my neck, me. That is why the warriors have come! I'll be back to have vengeance! Throw me a freaking bone here. The martini, shaken, not stirred. Hello, kiddies! In the red corner, standing six foot two inches tall, weighing in at 245 pounds, is the Eclectic Collective! collective show where we don't think we're better than you we know we're not (laughs) (laughs) so sit back relax and grab a martini shake and not stirred while we grab a scotch and soda hold the scotch (laughs) and listen to the ramblings of goofballs i'm matt i'm ryan i'm jim i'm brian and we have a guest with us this week with us today <laughs> Hello, I'm Josh. Josh, yes, yeah, so we, we have our guest. The Josh, I, I've known Josh for a long a time. <laughs> long Bleep. time, so long he's still dragging out that word. Draw <laughs> long time. I, you know, feels like work at this point. But <laughs> now, tell tell us a little about yourself, Josh. Uh, well, I'm a huge, huge movie watcher. Um, own a lot of movies, watch a lot of movies, and uh, live and breathe movies. I'm currently studying to be a screenplay writer and working on three different screenplays as we speak. Uh, in my off time, I'm a school teacher. <laughs> uh, oh, that's all. Oh, that's all. That's uh, I'm currently that's on just, short, just paving the way for today's kids. Of course, yeah. Nerds unite, you know. But no, I teach uh, drama at a middle school, God help me. Um, but yeah, just laid back kind of a guy. That's awesome. Yeah, well, today... Uh, we are going to talk about all James Bond. Anything goes. There's going to be a lot of debate, a lot of making fun of. Uh, you know, so, you know, I'm sitting with you know double o decimal point, double o doubles, double <laughs> d cup size over here. <laughs> wow. We're gonna have some fun. Your wow. <laughs> so let's let's jump in. I before we start off with the first segment. I want to ask y'all, what do you think it is about James Bond that makes it so, that has made it so popular from, I mean, this show started in the the 60s and has gone on. Well, I mean, if you go back, the Ian Fleming books started back, I think, in the That's true. The the books started first. Late 40s, early 50s. Um, And because it was in the 1954 
that uh, they first uh, uh, produced a, uh, a CBS special, uh, James Bond, um, that uh, we'll talk about a little bit later on. But um, it's been around for a very long time. But I mean, you know, I think it's the basic action. And I think for a lot of people, including myself, it was probably a little bit of the campiness in the earlier movies. You, you know, these movies, it, it, it's if you think about it, the character is so simplistic and cool that, you know, everything that he surrounds, it just makes it makes him awesome. Yeah. You know, like he just sleeps with men, women, drinks martinis and then shoots guys. Yeah. And then, you know, he just figures stuff out on the way. You know, and it just but it's your typical seems... over exaggerated, over exaggerated diabolical plan. That, yeah. You know. <laughs> what What do you think? What do you, in your opinion, makes John, uh, James Bond so popular? Pretty much what Jim said. I mean, it's just a amazing film, and I got introduced late. I didn't start watching Bond till I was fifteen. Oh wow! Really? Yeah, I was fifteen years old. We'll go into that, of course, later. But yeah, I remember going to see uh, No Holds Barred. At a oh. theater in Hickory Hollow, and they showed <laughs> a trailer funny. for License to Kill. Yeah. And I remember my mom sitting there going, oh, it's another James Bond film. And I was like, who's James Bond? And I did not get introduced later on until I was 15 and just fell in love with him because it's just a, it's just an all-around just great, fun movie. Yeah. Like, you don't I, have to think too much. No. It's just a fun movie to watch. Yeah. And, of course, you know, the Bond girls yeah. helps yeah. a lot. Josh, what do you think has kept Bond so popular? I mean, it's still going today. I just think, basically, he's a cultural icon. I mean, everything, there's so many things been based off of his character. His character has been based off of multiple people. Um, and there's just endless possibilities with him. I mean, there's a lot of changes they've made to the character over the years, and I think that's kind of what's kept him going. Um, he's not just a one-dimensional character, which is kind of how, in my opinion, he kind of started a little bit, but they've really taken it to new levels. And just, like I said, so many things they can do with him and so many things they're going to do with him. I mean, they, I think last I checked, there's only four books left that they haven't even used. But, heck, they're still making movies that has nothing to do with the books. And they're still, you know, it's still blockbuster. They're I still think, making money off of it. I think the idea yeah. now is that they're going to get away from the book stories. They're yeah. just taking the baseline characters and basic plot. Yeah. And they're going to write their own new stories with it as they go along. Yeah. And, you know, when I was doing deeper research on Bond, I found out there was, you know, a lot... They have separated, you know, uh, one thing I found out was they on, there was only one Bond girl they've used in all the movies that was taken from a book. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I was like, wow. Yeah. Like, so it means there, there's nowhere. But, you know, when I when I think about James Bond, think about everything else, uh, spy and agent wise that's out there. But mm-hmm. th- they don't have 20 something movies. No. You know, you know, you think of James Bond, and he's not even American. This is an English character, pretty, you know, that has taken over America. Do you think yeah. at that time period, do you think the British thing, you know, with the British invasion, do you think that had anything to do with the popularity of this character and it taking over America? I believe it absolutely helped it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think everybody, I mean, the, uh, the buy-in of, um, you know, Beatles and every, yeah. all, I mean, the music and everything, I think that just helped sell it. I also think that it has something to do with, I mean, let's face it, women love a guy with an accent. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's James Bond. He's in a suit. I mean, he's got that, you know, he's got that suaveness about him, and that's just something that people are drawn to. I mean, plus and he has a gun. And he's got, and you got to admit, though, I mean, big screen-wise, it really got launched with Sean Connery, oh, and yeah. Sean oh, yeah. Connery yeah. just has it. I mean, he's had it ever since he hit the big screen, mm-hmm. so... 
Uh, well, no, going off of what what uh, he was saying earlier, uh, basically for the women's side, but also for the men's side, he's the ultimate face of fantasy, international <laughs> man of mystery, and a ladies' man. Oh yeah, every what every man wanted to be. So a, a guy who could kill. And also kill with his heart. I mean, you, yeah, exactly. I mean, you could even go into movies like Total Recall, where Arnold Schwarzenegger said, you know, he had a choice at Recall what he would be, and he said, secret agent. I mean, come on, who wouldn't want to be a secret agent and have that kind of life? You know? Yeah, yeah. I tell you one thing that annoyed me about Bond is I never saw him in a pair of jeans. Like, come on. <laughs> well, that kills me about the new ones too, because I mean, Daniel Craig does all those crazy scenes. In a suit. In a suit. Mm-hmm. But that's I mean, Bond. I mean, that's part of the cultural life. I put on a suit. You think the suit stretch, though? I put, on a <laughs> suit, I put on a suit and tie, and I feel like I'm going to rip my pants, and I start sweating within five seconds of being in it. I oh, mean, my God. I start sweating when I think about getting into a suit. <laughs> like, I, I, I just can't stand it's like, that. You know, it's like covering yourself in wool. <laughs> Maybe we can get Armani to sponsor us with some of the things. <laughs> Maybe we're just wearing the wrong suits. Where's the, yeah, the stretchy Armani suits. I need those. Yeah. To uh, do a bond, they can sell a bond Armani suit that stretches with your action moves, and it's also bulletproof. <laughs> yeah, yeah, bulletproof. Do they do? Do they do exercise outfits? Jogging, <laughs> yeah. jog suits, or something? jog suits with the with the cravat and everything. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> All right, so let's start off with the first segment. Uh, we're gonna start. We're gonna start with Bond girls, and only because the Bond girls is one of the most iconic things about the Bonds because. You know, he's got to sleep with somebody, right? I mean, even to this day, I mean, who, you know, you got to you gotta give him the love interest because this guy's not settling down anytime soon. You know, wouldn't you agree? Like He tried. He tried. I mean, you know, it seems like he tries every single movie. It's like he falls in love, and then the next movie, the woman's gone. He's moved on. Oh, yeah. You know, so who? Uh, let, let, let's start with you, Josh. Ooh. Who would you say? I know this is going to be a tough one because yeah. there's been a lot of Bond girls. But it, even if you have to give me top two, top three, who would you say are your is your most favorite Bond girl? I, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I struggle with this one because there's so many different ways to look at a Bond girl. I mean, in today's society, you know, some people say, man, these Bond girls are just a bunch of ditzes or whatever. But, I mean, no. A lot of Bond girls brought different aspects to the character and the movie. But one of the ones that always stood out to me, and I hate to go new over old, but Vesper Lynn played by Eva Green and mm. Casino Royale. I mean, mm, if you yummy. go, yeah, I know. If you go by chronological order and stuff, I mean, she essentially is the first Bond girl and she played the role perfectly. And I'm yeah, like, like you said, it's Eva Green. And like my wife says, I have a thing for eyeliner. So <laughs> and she pulls that off very well. Um, but also, uh, I also had a thing back in the 90s for Electra King, a.k.a. Oh, yeah. Sophie Marceau. And the world is not enough. Uh, I really had a thing for her when she was the princess in Braveheart, one of my all-time favorite movies, by the way. Yep. But uh, yeah, another but, yummy. But I think I don't know if you consider this one a Bond girl or a villain. Duh. but Definitely, uh, Zenya on a top by yes, uh, played oh, yeah. by yeah. on the top. He's on the top. On the top. And Goldeneye, hands down. Oh yeah, uh, Zena on the top is in my top three. Uh, only because this this woman be crazy, and I don't know what it is. He likes crazy women. Crazy women. At least they, you know, they they like me back. That's what makes them crazy, I guess. And but this this chick makes them feel like Bond. <laughs> this chick, I, I I don't know what it is. I mean, it's something in the eyes, I guess. But you know, she she's one of, in my opinion, one of the sexiest ones in in there. But I also have. Uh, 
it, Tiffany Case, who played uh, Jill St. John from Diamonds Are Forever, because she's the only redhead. And mm. Gingers, yes. <laughs> yes. Amen, Gingers. Woo! <laughs> Love them. And I, I have, but I have a top three because this was also a hard one for me because, oh my gosh. Uh, you got top five. Of course, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's like once you have one down, you're like, but this top, one. In- top five of Ooh. like the 36 Bond girls, you know, because there was one movie that counted like four Bond girls, oh, yeah. like in one movie. But I would say it would have to be the the lead uh, girl, in oh, my yeah. opinion, whoever be, carries the most interest, yeah, the right. most screen right. time. Uh, like because the the other one besides Zena on the top and uh, Jill St. John. Uh, Isabella from uh, uh, Natalia. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce her last name. Simonova. Simonova from Goldeneye. The other girl that you know, James, mm-hmm. the main girl. Yeah. Uh, in Goldeneye. Uh, maybe it's the Russian accent. I don't know. It maybe hurt. I, yeah. It's <laughs> like maybe it's the Russian, the Russian accent, accent for me. Uh, like I, I don't know what what it is about the Russian accent, but it just makes them sexier. Jim, what what would, what are your? Do you have a favorite or do you have a top three? I have a top. I have a top three, and my number one is um, Melina Havelock for from For Your Eyes Only. For Your Eyes Only. Yes. Um, for Your Eyes Only. She's she's that French girl who had the long black hair. Yeah, yeah, I know who you're talking. Shot about. the yeah. crossbow. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, she would be my number one. My next one would be Sophie Marceau from The World Is Not Enough. And then I, mean, I grew up in a different era than you guys did. <laughs> Obviously, we've already pointed out in the show that I am the oldest. Um, I grew up well in the '80s, so I have to go with a shout out to my '80s roots. And um, this lady was on my wall in my bedroom as a kid for a very long time. Tanya Roberts, hmm. who mm. played Stacy Sutton in A View to a Kill. Interesting. Uh, well, she was like one of the. She was like a queen of '80s movies mm. for a long time mm. too. It's called Do Not Disturb. I don't, I don't know how to work. I put email. it on Do Not Disturb, but it still disturbs me. Oh, it doesn't work for email. Really? <laughs> oh, it doesn't? Oh, weird. Uh, but anyway, that's my top three. Top three. Ron, do you have a top three? I like Top Honey five, Rider. top 15. Yeah, I know. Honey Rider. I think she is just oh, she was beautiful. Dr. No, like when I saw that one with my stepdad... When she came out of the ocean in that bikini, mm-hmm. just iconic. Give me a kiss. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she pretty much set the standard. I mean, she for... did. Like, she just was beautiful. Now, I don't know, not so much. And also, I mean, this, like Josh and Jim said, on the top, like when I saw Goldeneye, oh, she yeah. was just sexy, just beautiful. On the top. And just that whole, I'm tough, I'm beautiful, I'm not taking no crap from anybody. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. I mean, it was like, Famke Jansen, and if you, uh, as the research shows, she actually broke a rib doing the scene with uh, Pierce Brosnan in the bathroom when they're running up that. against the walls yeah, and stuff. She did. She, yeah, she was really into that character, and that's she. That's just even more of a draw for me. <laughs> you know, she's so into that character. So you know. <clears throat> anyway, I, I forgot, Jim, and you brought that up. I forgot about Tanya Roberts. 
Like I uh, see, I grew up in the '80s, man, and she was she I was beautiful. Posters, I had the first half her. of James Bond. <laughs> I had uh, I grew up in the early days of James Bond, man, and she was, but she was in all t- tons of movies. Oh yeah, in all kinds of B-rate movies. She from was, the 80s yeah. And, she was beautiful. Yeah, I totally forgot about her, but yeah, that's my definitely. Those are my top two. Honey Rider is number one. Hands Honey down. Rider, and that's an awesome name. <laughs> Brian, did, do you have a top top one, top six, <laughs> top ten? Top well, just a couple actually. Because um, obviously, I got into James Bond later than most of you guys. But uh, I'll have to 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 continue the Russian accent. I'll have to go with Tatiana Romanova for oh, Russia yes. with Love. Yes. And then I'll go with uh, weirdly enough, only because I've watched this particular one. So many times from Goldfinger, I have to go with Jill Masterson. Oh, yeah, because she was. <laughs> well, then she gets painted in gold, too, and then so. she gets painted in gold. <laughs> yes, yes, those are my top two. So I'm so yeah. surprised no one's brought up Dink. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, it, it's weird that you know. Not only did they call her Dink, but she's technically the youngest Bond girl. And you know, and who did they pair her with? Roger Moore, who was right. already in his fifties yeah. by the time he did this movie. That you know, the even when pudding. I saw that, Dink was in uh, Goldfinger. That was Sean Connery. No, no, Dink was the young blonde girl in one of the Roger Moore. No, I'm, I'm looking sure. at it right now. Dink was in Goldfinger. Who was the Who was the young girl? The uh, The Olympian in the Roger Moore. Oh, oh, that was. Uh, I swear, was I thought that was Dink. No, that was not Dink. You are talking. Give me a second. Let's talk, and I'll come back to that. I'll find it in just a second. Side Sort note. the Google, the Almighty Google. Side yeah, but note. there was a girl, the the young blonde girl. She was. It, it I know. Was, I know exactly. Yeah, Roger. Give me a she was Olympic, or she was like. Yes, she was a uh, skater. Yeah. She was a skater. skater. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Oh, got it. Got it. For your eyes For only, your eyes BB only. doll. BB doll. Yes, she was the youngest, and you know Roger Moore was old in that movie, and like she was trying, like, didn't she? Wasn't she? In the bed, waiting for Roger Moore. That's correct, and Roger Moore wouldn't have anything to do with it. Yeah, he wouldn't do anything to have anything to do with it. I mean, okay, that that made it all right, but it was just weird that they would try to pair him with. But see, even things like that kind of goes back to why James Bond is who he is. I mean, that's a little subtle thing that a lot of people overlook. Yeah, she was there. You know, think about in today's world, somebody could have definitely taken advantage of that, but he didn't. Yeah, he had everything in his power to do so. It goes he didn't. to it goes to his class exactly. You know mm-hmm. that uh, that distinguished gentleman thing. Yep, <laughs> and she I mean, she had to be legal, I guess. But you know, <laughs> that, you, I guess that does show some class on his hate part. For that to be a question that he would have to ask. <laughs> Are you legal? Are you, I'm trying to imagine Before how training would have been. <laughs> like his training, what would you do if? Uh, Olympic figure skater who's very bendy and young sitting in your bed waiting for you. What do you do? Shaken, not stirred. Right. <laughs> 25, not 18. Hell <laughs> yeah! <laughs> so who, who do y'all think, that? who is y'all's least favorites? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We got some, we got Here least we go. favorites. We got all of, I would uh, not expect this kind of reaction. Uh, oh, I, does it start I'm so passionate. Start I'm so L. passionate about Jim, my least favorite. Hang on, his Jim face lead, is turning red. Jim, lead it off. Who the vein. Least, least favorite. Grace Jones. Wow. <laughs> a view to a kill. Really? Should have never happened. Uh, the chemistry, there was no, can you guys tell me y'all saw chemistry 
in that at all. No, I only uh, saw the uh, Barbarian from Conan. That's exactly I, yeah. what I saw. I was waiting for her to put the metal thing on and headbutt it. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. no, should I was have for, never yeah. happened. She was gonna, I feel like she could have slit someone's throat at any moment. And I was just like, oh my God, who's going to be first? Yeah, but let's be honest. A view to, a view to a Kill was just one of the worst directed Bonds, in my opinion. Yeah. The storyline, the acting, everything. Even Roger Moore in the movie. The only thing that made that movie to me is the song. Let's, let's be honest. I mean, did we ever see anything, Roger Moore, in anything else other than Cannonball Run and a few other crazy movies? No, and even in Cannonball Run, didn't he play the Roger? He, he pretty much played himself, himself. I mean, and that was hilarious. Yeah. So the man couldn't act his way out of a paperback. Yeah. And speaking of that, I have a number two. Okay. Least favorites, Denise Richards. Yes, now, that is she, on our list. She yeah. could, I mean, don't get me wrong, she looks great and everything, but the woman, again, she could not act her way out of a paperback. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, no, should have never happened. Yeah. I have, I have her on my list, too, as my number two. Um, sorry, I just kind of took favorite. over there. As least favorite. She's my number two on there because, I mean, the character of Christmas Jones was needed for that storyline because I do like how they did where James Bond actually needed people who could do things that he could not do. That does show his more humanity in a way. But you're right. I didn't really... Her acting was just not there. I mean, I like the character idea, but just not her. Has her acting ever been there? That's the question. (laughs) I haven't seen a whole lot of... The only other Denise Richards movie I can think of on the top of my head is Starship Troopers. And there was no good acting in that movie, but it was just... (laughs) Um, you know, one of those goofy Just sci-fi movies from the nineties. Oh around. yeah, a glorious bad movie. Uh, I get. Well, I guess since I took over, uh, the actually my number one, and a lot of people are probably going to disagree with me on this, is the character of Solitaire from Live and Let Die, oh, played yeah? by Jane Seymour. And let me tell you, I love <laughs> Jane Seymour. The girls, the woman's got some acting chops. Um, definitely one of the best out there. But her character. She was so submissive. She was submissive to everything. She had like one job, and that was to follow the villain, the main villain's uh, commands and Bond's commands. That's pretty much all she did, and she was very one-dimensional. And for someone as good of an actress as Jane Seymour to play that part, I just... Mm -hmm. I thought that was terrible. I, she yeah. could have done so much more and brought so much more to the character. Nothing hurts me more in movies and cinema than taking a fantastic actor, actress, and giving them a weak story, yes. a weak character, and knowing mm-hmm. they could do so much right. better... And it just uh, it just pains me. Yeah. So Ryan, we we agree mm-hmm. with that. That is my number one, Denise Richards. But it's for so many more reasons. Like I, she's a pretty girl, but her nose bugs the crap out of me. <laughs> You've been saying that for years. It, it just it points to the sky, and I can't get past that. Like I don't even know what her eyes look like because when I see her, I look at her nose. And, you know, I know I'm nothing to look at, but there's something about her dang nose. <laughs> I don't know what it is about that nose. I find it interesting the details you choose to focus on because Denise Richards is a very attractive Pondry woman. details. I can't like, past the nose to get to that part. not even like 2% of her body, and you're like, her nose. Her nose. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Ever since I saw, saw her for the first time. Her nose. It sounds like one of those guys that, let me just use a paper bag. You need, like, a big Band-Aid or something. <laughs> <laughs> my uh, my uh, second is uh, Pussy Galore. I think she looks like a guy. And oh, she wow. acts like a guy, moves like a guy, and she's too demanding. Well, she's demanding. a judo expert. I mean, yeah. she, you needed somebody who can pull that off. Yeah, and, well, and she's that's too demanding. She just bosses people around. You're, you're a Bond girl. <laughs> Bond should be telling you what to do. 
Miss Miss Galore. <laughs> See, I figured you would like that being bossed around. I was, no, I was about to say the exact same thing. He always likes the crazy women. That's what I, you know. Brian, you haven't chimed in on this. You got uh, a least favorite? I don't. I really don't. As I don't really paid attention to that aspect of the Bond films enough to really really nitpick a, a worst. To be I, honest, I tell you who the most unconventional one to me was is the. Uh, is it you? Uh, May you? Um, from uh, oh man, Which the bond? the the bond where um the guy uses media. That's tomorrow never dies. Tomorrow, tomorrow never, never dies. dies. May you? Uh, I think it's May. Is it May you? You mean Wei Lin? Wei Lin. Michelle Yo. Michelle Yo. Oh my Thank goodness, you. she's on my list as one of my favorites. Well, no, no, I think, but. If you if you really think about it, she's the most unconventional because Bond girl because she's literally like a female Bond like she could take care of herself and she not, she doesn't work for the bad guy she's like an agent herself and but she's see, I like not, that about her but that that's what I'm saying look at look at every other Bond girl there's not really another one because every one of them is like uh, the damsel in distress damsel in, in distress, distress. <laughs> I always have one English in distress English. 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 Or they work for the bad guy and eventually turn good. She is from the beginning, you know, to the end. She's already good, but she's uh, she's just like Bond. She works alone and is trying to get away from Bond. It always ends up getting stuck with Bond. But hold on. There is another Bond girl that was essentially Bond's equal, and I'm, I'm drawing the biggest blank right now, uh, who played which movie, which Bond. I mean, it's like nothing there uh but he in real life she was married to uh what's his name from the beatles ringo uh she was i forgot i'm drawing a biggest blank but her character is basically the female version of bond in every way i just do you until, until which bond i don't that's i'm drawing the biggest blank on that but so later on in the film to... she ends up being a little bit more on the submissive side but at the start she was pretty much as equal and then you know she kind of fell into his arms and, you know, looked into his glassy blue eyes or green eyes or who, whichever one it was at the time. <laughs> and that British charm. And you're like, ooh. I don't know, man. If, if, if they were married to Ringo Starr, then it would have to have been an earlier one, maybe 70s, 80s. Um, I can't think of who that might have been. I'm Hold on. The, biggest the spy who loved me? Yes, uh, yes. Anya? Yes. I'm pretty sure that's it. Barbara Bach? Back. Yes, Bonk. that's her. Her, her character, yeah, the character she played, Barbara was Bonk. pretty much the female version of Bond at the start of the film, and uh, through most of oh, it there for a while. Okay, I remember. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, she was Russian. Now. Yeah, she was Russian in there. I, did not I think it's funny one. about that same movie that when it starts out, uh, one of the funniest things about the Bond movies. This girl is actually credited in the movies on the credits. As her character's name is Log Cabin Girl. It's the girl that starts off with. <laughs> oh, that's funny. With Roger Moore starts off with in the beginning. They're in a log cabin making love in front of the fire, and uh, she's listed in the movie as Log Cabin Girl. And you know she went to her friends bragging, "I finally I made it. I'm the Log Cabin Girl." Look at the credits. <laughs> that's me. That's me. Oh, that's, that's me. <laughs> log Cabin Girl. It's straight up me. I'm so proud. <laughs> you know, some of them would be like, "What was Roger Moore like?" <laughs> no, but girls, I made it. But how was Roger Moore? Is he like he was in the movies? <laughs> Listen, Bog Cabin Girl, I matter. <laughs> I also can't believe no one's brought up Bambi and Thumper from Diamonds. You know, I almost brought that up. 
I mean, the duo. Yeah, but you know what bugs me about them? They look so ferocious at the beginning, and then what does he do? He drags them to the deep end of the pool and dunks them. I mean, he almost he drowns them. them. He almost drowns them. But I'm like, really? That's that's huh? that's him asserting his dominance, so he knows <laughs> later. I, yeah. I can have you both. <laughs> and then they just I will give have up. you both. <laughs> so let's go. Who 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 are some girls that you wish were Bond girls? Now these could be at any point in time. Uh, they could. You can go back to, to the '60s to today. Is there any Bond girls that you you would uh, like? I've got a couple, and the reason why I would like to see these is because these women are action stars in their own right, and I think would actually intensify and add an extra element to the movies. And one would be uh, Mila Jovovich, mm. who you know, Resident Evil yeah. action mm-hmm. movies, and then Scarlett Johansson. Mm, Scar Joe. <laughs> Scrow Joe. <laughs> I mean like Scar- I mean like James Bond and Black Widow. I mean come on. Yeah, yeah, James Bond and Black Widow. But like what kind of character would you want Scar Joe to be? Would you want her to be the damsel in distress? No, or would you want I would not want the, any either one of those to be the damsel in distress. You would distress. want him to be the I would action. want them to be the strong female types, Ooh. but that go along with Bond to help save the day. Spy. Like a international Both of them spy. spies. Yeah. yeah. Well, see, I think spies. it goes back to what Matt was saying about the unconventional Bond girls. I like that with today's Bonds, the women are more relevant. They're, you know, they're stronger, which let's face it, in today's world, we need stronger female characters. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I agree with you. I think ScarJo would be a great choice. The only reason why I disagree is because she's ScarJo and she's already done these kind of things. So it's kind of like a, eh, we kind of expect that. But other I than expect that, it all the time. Oh, yeah, I, mean, I know. I know. She's almost getting typecast, though. But, uh, like, if you go back and watch the... Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. If you go back and watch Thank Age you. of Empire, or Not Age of Empires. My God. I'm thinking about video games. Uh, Age of Ultron, the scene where she's behind the bar talking to You Bruce. are a huge nerd. Yes, I know. <laughs> uh, when she's behind the bar making that drink, talking to Bruce, I mean, it's something like out of a Bond film. So yeah. when I first saw that, I was like, I agree with you. She could definitely pull it off. I don't know. But okay. I think, I mean, I could always watch Scar Joe at the same time. But Mila Jovovich, she reminds me of uh, the Xena on the top girl yeah. like she i, I mean see her that mila could crazy. probably pull off that weird you know ukrainian russian or yeah, you know yeah. just another spot from another mm-hmm. country they come together and they're both you know as long as they have an iconic bikini scene i'm fine <laughs> with it brian do you have any, Minus the is there any girls out there that you know i've been sitting here thinking the whole time i'm like hmm, who could do it um but you know right now i'm having a hard time thinking of Who's uh, a big face out there right now that I would want to play a Bond? Uh, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. I don't know. I'll tell you who I want, man. I want Gal Gadot. She's on my list. Yeah. Gal Gadot. I can see that. Either. I can see that. But That's I cool. can't. I don't I don't want her as the action type. I want her as the chick at the bar. Yeah. You know, waiting, waiting for, waiting for Bond to come. <laughs> and like, I, I don't want, you know, even though she's playing, she's a very strong uh, you know, action actor these days, you know, playing Wonder Woman and everything. If she went to the Bond, I would want her to be the complete submissive, the girl. Take take her to the but, back room and play that game that no one knows how to play in every, yeah. every single Bond game. It's just a, it's just a cup of dice. He yeah, that he wins and but it's called with the girl. Bugai. <laughs> I know how to play this game that you could possibly die by playing. I played this in East Korea. You didn't know yeah. there was an East Korea, did you? I did. I'm an agent. 
Uh, I would also want up. Ronda Rousey, but her I would want as really? the action type. Yes. Okay, but she she would be the character that worked with the bad guy, and she doesn't and speak turns, a whole lot. And, and turns good. Maybe turns. She doesn't even have starts to. Starts bad, turns she good. She just has to sleep with Bond. It's, that's, oh, that's okay. all. Yeah, I mean, she could probably lean towards maybe... I'm gonna turn good, and she was like, oh, "I've already slept with you, Bond. I'm gonna stick with the bad side." I'm afraid if she was in the movie, she would look a lot like Dave Batista, Inspector, beating the crap out of Bond, because she scares me. I mean, <laughs> like I, I said, as long way. as there's an iconic well, bikini you know, scene, I mean, and they sleep with Bond. Uh, Let, okay. Let's be honest, Josh. That doesn't take a whole lot to do to scare you. So. <laughs> <laughs> Give me about ten minutes. I'll come up with a snappy. Comeback to that. <laughs> you can't handle the truth. <laughs> <laughs> I got two words. Your mother. <laughs> I got I got one more, and you might agree with I me. I only got one. You might agree with me on this one. Is Liv Tyler only interesting? Only if she plays the character uh, that she did in Leftovers, that mm. maniacal character. If you, you know, want Bond, come and claim him. Come and claim him. <laughs> <laughs> But she she would have to play that maniacal type character to be my Bond girl like that that like I've had enough and I'm 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 going to sleep with you and then I'm going to destroy you. She would have to be the evil Bond chick in my in my in my movie. Hmm. You don't think so? Like Liv Tyler? Like okay, I, I like, can see I'm it. Eventually, like she's she, I think she's hot, but you know, just from that you know that character that that you know she's fed up with the world and the way she acted in Leftovers, I would think she would be a perfect Bond girl. Hmm. I can see, see it. Yeah, I can see it. Who Who is on you? You had one? I only have one. Believe it or not, this guy is very indecisive. has one. One, uh, one but girl. But I gotta preface this a little bit. I've got a huge crush on this girl. Uh, <laughs> and my wife knows this. My wife even has a crush on her. So, you know. You know hey, whatever. that works out well. I know, right? Um, but she could play in my mind the intellectual person she could even do Master of Disguise and stuff but if she were to be in a movie I would want her with a different Bond which we'll, I know we'll probably talk about later mm-hmm. um, I would want Olivia Munn as my Ooh, Bond girl nice. um, in real life she's very intelligent um, dude she's hot I ain't gonna lie. And, she, and she's got freckles which I kind of got a thing for mm-hmm. but no she's hot and yeah she pulls off the eyeliner thing very well. Well, you really you keep coming back to the eyeliner. Yeah, actually, I didn't even notice it until my wife mentioned it, and now I'm like, ooh, you know, you're right. You are one pathetic loser. <laughs> That's fine. No, but Olivia Munn could totally pull it off. Um, she's got the acting chops to pull it off, too, and I think she's very underused in Hollywood, and I think she would give Bond a run for his money. Why, why do you think that is? I agree. I think she is very underrated and very underused because, you know, I thought I, I'm, I'm going to hit this for myself. You are one pathetic loser. Because I follow her on Instagram, and I, I love her stories. Wait, and this, she has an Instagram? She has an Instagram. Stalker alert. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, you know, she comes out with a lot of uh, uh, B-rated movies that don't even come to theater. Like, she does, she's been doing that a lot lately. She, like, she just came out with one that came on Voodoo, and I have no idea what it's about. And it didn't even come out in theaters, but... The stuff I've seen her in, she is really good, and she is a very beautiful woman. Mm-hmm. Not that that should matter at, at the least, but she, I, in my opinion, she's a great actress too. Why do you think that you know Olivia Munn is so underused? When I don't know, I, I think part of it is just that 
I think she's one of those women that's so good at so many different things, and she's kind of like a trifecta. She can be an action star, like we've seen her in X-Men Apocalypse. Exactly. She's highly intelligent. She's probably a very strong-willed woman, and maybe that scares a lot of the Hollywood types off. I don't know, but... I don't, I don't know. I think that maybe they just haven't found the right part for her yet. I loved her when she was in the show, uh, oh my goodness, the, the Network or, not Network, Newsroom with Newsroom. Jeff Daniels. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was a great show. Yeah, yeah, written by Aaron Sorkin. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not to get off on a TV show, but I mean, that's yeah. like one of my all-time favorites. And her character, she proved very well in that how good her acting chops were. She was very serious at times, very emotional at times, but then can very quickly come with a snappy, funny line yeah. that mm-hmm. got just... Uh, took everything that was really serious and made it funny in that moment. And she was, she has great timing. And I don't know. I, I feel like she should be used more. And maybe somebody out there will give her that chance. I mean, she's pretty famous already, but she I'm with you. She could go a lot further. You know, and, you know, maybe her standards are so high for what she wants to do. And who knows? Maybe she and that's can, fine. I maybe think, she can pick and choose. Maybe she wants to be under the light yeah. a little bit. I don't know. I mean, she's got a nice following right now. I mean, what is it she said on Newsroom? Uh, somebody said something about her being a nerd and she's like I make nerds look good I mean, have you <laughs> yeah, seen her she, she is a nerd she does cosplay and stuff I mean and she pulls it off so well I she would does follow cosplay her. really oh yeah I've never seen that one. oh yeah she's already got I've seen yeah I'm totally gonna fly my stalker flag here okay. I, I've seen her uh, wear it well sir yeah wear I know well. uh, it, 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 I apologize for nothing <laughs> No, but uh, there's pictures of her doing the Princess Leia thing at cosplays and stuff. Matt, just check yourself over there. Um, <clears throat> but no, she, uh, her, Excuse when she dated Aaron Rodgers, her, both of them did cosplay there for a while. But yeah, Aaron Rodgers, yeah, Is the they- Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay. They used to date. Wow, lucky sob. Some yeah, but I'm sure all well, the women that, say the same thing about her. Well, yeah, but that just gives me a fonder respect for Aaron Rodgers that Rogers. he does cosplay. I mean, oh you know, yeah, he's I not know that's, that. that's, that's awesome. That's good to know. I'm it sure she brought that out of him, him a little bit. I'm sure she did, but the thing is, he went along with it. So oh yeah, I mean, I mean it's Olivia Munn. I'd, I'd go along with it anytime. A to the men. I want you to dress up <laughs> as Barbie. Okay. <laughs> so Ryan, do you have any uh, the? Uh, women out there that you would like to see as a yeah, I do. Like you said, also Gal Gadot. Hope I said her name right. Yeah, Gal um, Gadot. But well, also, I've heard her say it a couple of different yeah, ways. I've heard too. it sixty yeah. different ways. I've heard, I've heard Gal- her say it. Yeah, Gal Gadot, Gal Gadot, Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. Um, also, I gotta say, and we discussed this once. Um, Daisy Ridley. Okay. Oh, Ooh, yummy. That is an interesting I, choice. I would love to see her play a Bond girl. And I think she could do both. I think she could do the vulnerable at first, but then just come off as the action Well, star. you know what's interesting about her is she's really not that aggressive right. action star quite mm-hmm. yet. She's still very apprehensive about her role in the force and where she's going mm-hmm. with that whole yeah. thing. So, I mean... And she I, plays it so well. I mean, she's got yeah. the chops. She's got the acting chops. Well, look at her in Murder in the Orient Express. Oh, that's right. I okay, I have not seen that yet. Is that good? It's an oh, amazing it's really movie. Good. I need to watch amazing that. I've been wanting to rent movie. it. It's on my rent list. Too. Sorry, I totally cut you no, off. No, you're there. fine. No, no, no. But yeah, she's definitely on my list. I think she would just be wonderful as a Bond girl. Oh, good. And the third one, only because I'm in love with her, and I think she's just amazing and everything. Emily Blunt. Oh, okay. I do I not think of her. I, I love Emily Blunt. Okay, she's on my list. That. Good call. Good I think call. she's so talented as an actress. I think she's a good human being. Mm, her yeah. and her husband alone just make like... If they broke up, I'd be so sad also. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. But I think she could just pull it off just mm-hmm. so great as being a Bond girl. Absolutely. Okay. I honestly could think... I, I think if I had to choose one, because I, I have a hard time even choosing, but I honestly think maybe Zoe Saldana could be a good Bond girl. 
I thought um, about her. Yeah. She cuz she's just she's got the whole package. Um but I honestly think if you did if you even talked if you had a segment about doing a crossover and finally having maybe even having a girl play 007 if you moved on and had women do it, she could even play that role. Yeah, I can agree with that. Yeah, you know, Daisy Ridley, you know, think back, you know, if I was to pick, you know, the women I've been in love with, you know, over my <laughs> life, like I would like, I, I would want Leah Thompson, you know, the love of my life as a, well, that's your, girl. that's your one and only right but there. She would not fit. I can't, I can't see no. one scenario no. where Leah Thompson would fit as a Bond girl, except no. in the iconic bikini scene. I mean, she could walk out of the ocean, and that would make the movie. For How me. many times have you actually imagined that? I imagine Leah Thompson in eighty percent of my scenarios of fantasy land, and I'm going to leave it at that, <laughs> so I don't get off on a tangent. So, is there Brian? Uh, well, hang on. Actually, about Leah Thompson, I think the reason why you think she doesn't work because she has that total girl next door vibe about her, which a lot of really can't. A lot of people don't think can work in a Bond film. That's kind of why I like Olivia Munn as my pick is because she can pull off the girl next door, but she also has that exotic beauty about her, too. Oh, my that God. That totally yeah. works in a Bond film. So, anyway, sorry. Yeah, the, you know, uh, with, with with Leah Thompson, you know, and anybody else, like, who who would y'all say, like, let's pick, let's pick a, is there is there a woman that you think that, that you're just absolutely in love with that you don't... You don't think would fit in a Bond movie, but you would watch it anyway if she were in it. Is there anybody out there like? Okay, so we can go anywhere in time. Anywhere in time, you can go. And this go this this goes for women. You would love to see. You can go back to the sixties. I mean, this may be random. Diane Lane. Diane Lane. Oh yeah. yeah. Mm. Back in the day. You and know. you know what? You, you know she could do it now. Yeah, Diane. I mean, Lane. she's got the chops, but you know. She could and she could play either role. She because she's Absolutely. played action roles. She's, she's done both played ways. The, uh, you know the submissive role. or the lead action lead. So. Yeah, like what what's the movie she played with uh, Richard Gere? Uh, cheating or unfaithful. unfaithful? Unfaithful. Like she was submissive through that entire movie, and it made it amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anybody like I tell you what, man? Cher in her day, yeah. She look wise, I don't know about acting. I've only seen her in a couple movies. Uh, Moon, it was Moonstruck. 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 Moonstruck well, and, I've uh, never been impressed man. about, what about her? the mask. And the ma- the mask. That's what I meant about the. I said Elephant Man. I think I the I mask is about the only time I've ever seen her where she got on a decent acting plane. Mm. Everything else has just been kind of. If she could turn back in time, a bit. <laughs> I would be a Bond girl. <laughs> to, to answer your question about all time, I would like to see Grace Kelly. Grace oh. Kelly, oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. good choice. You're talking about someone who would just light up the screen and just. But there would have to be a dance scene. So, oh, I mean, hands you know. down. I mean, <laughs> or Audrey Hepburn. I, I like I like the older stuff. You know, I like the classic. Audrey Hepburn. She would be a very verbal Bond girl. Like that's fine. You know, the, you know, every movie I've I haven't seen a lot of Audrey Hepburn. Only the stuff Shannon's made me watch, really. Uh, but she, you know, in her movies, you know, back in that time, everything was like verbal. It wasn't. You didn't have the whole lot of action. It was all dialogue. The talkies. So, 
It, you know, I can imagine if uh, if she was to be a Bond girl, it would just be a lot of talking, and really that would annoy the crap out of me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't you don't need to talk. Iconic bikini scene. Do do it with Bond. He's and really then on this bikini along. thing right now. That's all he can. <laughs> look, every movie. Look, if you look at every Bond girl, there might have been two out of the thirty eight. Bond girls that didn't do a bikini scene, but most of them they didn't even wear. No one ever brought else. up the That's one it. of the more iconic ones was Holly Berry. I was just about to say yes, that. yes. Yeah. But Who that, paid homage to Honey Ryder? To Honey yeah, Ryder, right. exactly. Honey right. Yep. That coming out yep. wearing the iconic bikini, yep. but they all—if you look, every single one, there is a point where they wear a bikini, pretty much, or nothing when they're in bed with Bond. So, Brian, do you think anybody, anybody, mm-hmm. nobody? They're not one girl. I think Brian wants to. I think Brian wants to stay married after this episode. So true. I think that's why he's not going into it. <laughs> this is where we no, get no, it no. all I out. S- so we can but no, I, I said. I said Zoe Saldana. Uh, Zoe Saldana. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pay yeah. attention. Yeah. <laughs> I like how you Speak said he up. wants to stay married after this. My wife's listening. You agree with everything I'm saying, right? Now. <laughs> <laughs> We've talked about this. She's on both of my our wife lists. loves me. I'm not worried about it. <laughs> Jim, well, let me ask you. If you ask my wife, yeah. she would say I would be a good Bond girl, but that's for another day. Okay. <laughs> that sounds like a therapy session we need to have. <laughs> what happens behind closed doors? <laughs> in your opinion, because I mean, I think James Bond, I think you and Josh are probably the biggest fans in this room. I think in the 50s and 60s, how do you think Marilyn Monroe would have done as a Bond girl? Okay, so I think Marilyn Monroe was a bit overstated. Okay. I I don't think it would have worked myself. Okay. I really don't. I mean, I think more or less in film, she was more or less something nice to look at. Right. I, I don't I mean, Josh, you may disagree, no, but I, I actually, don't I, I don't think she had any acting chops. I don't think she could have pulled it off. I think she would have been a bikini scene right. nice to look at type thing, like the the whole skirt blowing up yeah. thing, but um as far as I think that's about yeah. as as far as it would go with her. I, I agree. I, I feel like that I mean, but then at the same time, look at some of the Bond girls we've had. She would have played into the Bond girl aspect, and some of, like some of the other ones did for her type of acting. But I'm with you. I think honestly, they would just put her in the movie to sell tickets. Absolutely, I, it would have been sure. a name. Her, no, yeah, right, it would have been, no, right, right. been a name on the marquee. That well, been why has there never been a non-conventional type Bond girl? Like, what if Melissa McCarthy? Played a Bond girl and played a comedian. Because Bond I th- girl. because I think okay, so you know throughout history in the Bonds they always have that underlying comic element to mm-hmm. especially the older ones going back to the older ones not so much I think it's more witty witty banter I'm, English mm-hmm. is escaping me in the new ones but the older ones they have that underlying comic undertone but I think that would have overstated the comic yeah part of it too much. And I don't think it would have fit. You don't, think that, you don't think having her, but like, what about someone like her? Uh, that's not just a, you know, like a model coming out to play the Bond girl. If you look at every Bond girl besides Grace Jones, uh, they. I mean, Grace was fit, and I have nothing against her look. I mean, she was a fashion icon, and she was. Was she? Very, oh yeah, yeah, she I don't was, know. yeah. yeah. The she, only thing I've ever besides View to a Kill is Conan. The barbarian. She's been, she's been a lot of movies, and she's done a lot of fashion stuff. And I mean, she was a model. That's how she got her start was being a model. Ooh, what about uh, the girl from Beverly Hills Cop Two, the tall blonde? No, 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 no. not even in no. her. Not anything. even remotely. No. I cannot stand that woman. No, really, I can't stand no. It. And be almost like what you said about Grace Jones. I would expect Red uh-uh. Sonia to come he, out. Exactly. In it. No. No. Nope. Man. Not but I even gotta, remotely. I got to agree also with Josh. Like, Grace Kelly, to me, 
would have mm-hmm. been perfect. I think she oh, is iconic. the natural. Just yes. When I saw Rear Window, and we talked about this last time, yeah, just iconic, beautiful, and also I've got to give oh. a shout out to Vivian Lee. I think she'd have been great. Yeah. Another one. Uh, speaking of Matt and his gingers, uh, Margaret O'Hara. Mm. Would have been a good one. Yeah, that would have been a great one. Um, but going back to what you were asking about with Melissa McCarthy and stuff, I think your question's valid. What you have to do is you have to look at the whole what is it we're expecting in it, what you call a Bond girl, all right? So when you're saying Bond girl, what exactly are you looking for? I mean, I think that's kind of where we're starting to change things here and there. When you're talking about changing to unconventional women, I think Melissa McCarthy would be great in a Bond film. As far as being listed as a Bond girl, she's not what, I guess, in today's society we expect to be a Bond girl. But the thing about Melissa McCarthy is that she's a lot better than just the comic role she does. She's actually a very gifted actress and a really good human being as well. I think she could play a very good role. But when you look at the aspect of Bond girl itself, if you do the research, a lot of people question, does M, the character of M, played by Judi Dench, is she considered the Bond girl, if you think about it, I know that's a, that's I a think, stretch. But I, some people have said that. Money so. Penny in most of the now see Money now Penny see made money. my list. The, the one with played by Naomi Watts. Naomi, Naomi yeah, Watts. That, that was a good. But term. I think I think you're talking about two different things, though. I think you. I don't think I don't classify M or Money Penny as Bond girls. I think Money Penny. Uh, I think Money Penny is just that underlying. You know, she loved Bond, mm-hmm. she desired Bond, but that was just something that was never going to be and it was always going to be teased but never really happened. Well, it did, did happen well. in the later, the, 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 the newer movies. Yeah. Do you think he actually but, loved her back and never did anything about it because of the lifestyle he lived? I think that's probably an under an understood thing. Because he always flirted with her and he always said little things about taking care of her and all this stuff but you know, he never like really pushed the boundaries of a relationship right. because of the life he lived. Right. And, you know, she kind of knew that and accepted it. That's why she was in the position she was, so she could always have an eye on Bond. Right. And, you know, it, I, I think if they were going to end all Bond movies, they would end I, up with, like, I Money think, and, and go back to your point, with the M character, mm-hmm. I, I think that is more of a motherly role. Yeah, I agree. But I, it was just one of those things that kept on getting brought up in my research as people talking, so what constitutes a Bond girl? So I guess you have to ask the question, where do you start? What is a Bond girl? And I guess who sleeps with Bond? I, well, I mean, I think I think it all, in my opinion, when you hear the term Bond girl, it starts with Honey Rider. I'm going to... Hands yeah. down, from Doctor No. I think yeah. that's that's the iconic. This is where we're going with this, and that's kind of where it goes from there. Even what you just said, Matt, I don't even think qualifies because there's so many like Log Cabin Girl that is in the movie for like five seconds. Um, I think true, yeah. I think it's major love interest, a substantial role, substantial role, substantial screen time. I think are the major things that you know, and I think you can, I think you can, you know, break the boundaries with. You still have the co-star. Um, you have the submissives, but you can also break it occasionally with someone who's a little bit more assertive, still following the James Bond lead, but being being a little bit more of a aggressive action character to follow along with him through it. I think you could break through it that way just a little bit, but I don't think you could push the envelope a little bit beyond that. Okay. I don't think so. So I'm going to open it up to our listeners. I think y'all, if you hear this, uh, you know, messages on Facebook. Or, uh, you know, when, when you subscribe to us, any kind of communication can get to us what you think uh, makes a Bond girl. What are, you know, what is the personality types? What, uh, you know, should they, what kind of character should they be in the movie? You know, is there anything else? Like, like a, what kind of character, if you could make your own Bond girl, 
what would you want? Yeah, what would you girl? want in a Bond girl? You know, what would her? Would she be a master of disguise? Would she be? I mean, you can go as far. You can talk about looks, but what would you want to see in a Bond film in today's world going forward? Exactly, and in in in, in this can you could take a little bit from every Bond girl that's been from the '60s to today. And if you read the books, I honestly I've never read a, a James Bond. It's on my book. list. Uh, if, if, you, if there's characters, I'm gonna get more. You know, the, you know, like what you were saying earlier, Jimmy, is they were trying to separate from uh, book to, uh, you know, the for media. the new ones, yeah. they are separating. From well, you know, even way. from the old ones, they only took they, the only things they took from the books were villains, and they only took one Bond girl. They didn't really want to set anything. Uh, because well, the books were selling so good. They modeled a little bit of the diabolical plans a little bit after yes. those books. Now, I mean, they're really completely separating from that in the newer ones. Well, you know, one thing I read was there were some uh, plans that were in the books that would have ex- ex- exceeded uh, budgets so high that they had to cut back a lot. Yeah. Uh, like the Moonraker, that was all book, but there was a lot in Moonraker that they had to take out. I didn't yeah. know this. I never read Moonraker. It was a book first. Mm-hmm. Uh, that uh, they had to cut out a lot, like lasers and all this junk. You know that that they couldn't physically put. Well, that, in yeah, the it was movie. a budget limitation yeah, and, budget and technology. I, I think technology limitation because I mean one of the things I love about the old Bonds, you know, pre Daniel Craig days, um, is uh, well, I guess pre Timothy Dalton days. I guess um, the greatest Bond. No, um, we'll get to that. Yeah, we're gonna get to that. Well, um, the debates are coming, but the fake technology. You know, yeah. the way they faked yeah. technology in the movies mm-hmm. to try to present something that was not even there. But it was a good they, enough plot point where you could almost, it's, it was almost believable. Okay, almost. I can see it. Yeah. I can I mean, see it. You, I mean, you left a lot to the imagination. I mean, a lot of a lot of the control centers were just lights and buttons and just... Thank you, Star Wars, by the way. I mean, exactly. And, you know, it wasn't too cheesy because if you look at 60s Batman, uh, Adam West Batman, and look at all the technology, it was all cheese. Oh, it was absolutely. The shark repellent. Shark shark repellent. That's the ultimate cheese the right That shark repellent. Come on. Yeah. Come and on. the back computer that can literally print out anything you ask it. Like, it was Google before Google was big. Like, it would just <laughs> type in a question and it would print it out. Like, you didn't... Batman never had to think for himself in that show. Makes you wonder if you had a 3D printer hidden somewhere was, that we uh, didn't know about. <laughs> Batman started Ask Jeeves. Ask Jeeves. <laughs> ask, ask Pat Computer. Yeah. I don't feel like thinking today. It was Boogle. It was Boogle. <laughs> so let's move on to let's move on to songs. This mm. one, there are a lot of good songs. There were okay. This was difficult. This Th- was yes, really difficult. This was but a very difficult. In the end, for me, you'll understand in a minute when yeah. I tell you mine. But uh, Josh, do you, you want to start off? What was you, I want? Okay, this is going to be a hard one, and I'm yeah. going to make it even harder. Okay, I have three. I have four. But out of okay, out of those four. You have to pick one. Oh, God. I'm going to let you name the others, but if you had to pick one out of those four that you had to live with in your Bond movie, which one would it be? It's like Sophie's Choice. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, the four songs I picked, Goldfinger. Yes. yes. Live and Let Die. Shirley Bassey, baby. Yeah. Sky, Do it. Uh, Skyfall. Tell it. <laughs> and Writings on the Wall. Preach it. <laughs> now, each one of those has something different about them that I love. Writings on the Wall... You know the newest uh, by Sam Smith, fantastic song. I was I, I sadly, you know, speaking of having no life, watched Spectre last night and listened to that song and loved it. Um, Skyfall by Adele. I mean, let's face it, the woman's got some. Oh pipes. my god! Live and Let Die had the perfect combination of orchestra 
melody with rock. It was to me. It reminded me a lot of Paul McCartney with the Beatles. That's how good it was. I loved it, but ironically, not one of my favorite Bond no, movies. But hands down, if I had to choose one, one of those, definitely four. Goldfinger. I mean, you gotta think really? about. It. Well, think about it. Love if it, you listen to the first section, even before Shirley starts singing, it set the tone for Bond and yes. everything after. She's the most used yes. singer for yeah. Bond songs. That and the John so, Barry Orchestra. Yeah. Old finger. But, 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 yeah, but that music, even before He's she started singing, it was like they even put that into a lot of the soundtracks for future Bond films. I mean, she set the st- It's kind of like Honey Rider setting the standard for Bond Girl. She set the standard for music. And, I mean, it's like everything else is good, but can't even compare to no. what she brought to the film. So She made Bond songs. Back so, in the day, yes. yes so absolutely. putting the puzzle pieces together absolutely. for Josh in the perfect Bond film, we have Honey Rider as the Bond girl yeah. and Goldfinger what? as the Bond song. Shirley Bassey singing the Bond song. Singing oh, the yeah. Bond song. Wait, Honey Rider, that was Ryan. Well, no, but oh. you keep going back to Honey oh, well, Rider well, as the, the is the iconic Because Bond there are certain girl. parts of Bond films, there are certain things that started what we have today and we have built off of. Honey exactly. Rider as the Bond girl, Shirley Bassey, in my opinion, set the standard for Bond songs. So there down. you go. So we're putting the puzzle key pieces together, together for the perfect Bond film. Yeah. So Jim, what are what are your yeah, okay, name your songs. Yes. And then you have to pick one. Got, I've, as your I've done it. I've done it. And um, I get like I'm going back to Josh. I give a shout out to Shirley Bassey. Some of my favorites because mm-hmm. I mean when I grew up watching these movies, I was introduced to these movies at an early age. So this old Sean Connery movies Goldfinger, Diamonds Off, Diamonds Off the <laughs> I, I love it. Um, she also did uh, Moonraker's theme mm-hmm. too. Um, so I give a shout out to Shirley Bassey because I think her voice um, was the iconic. You know, just meant James Bond, and you were in for a treat. But um, um, my overall, okay, so number two, I'm going to say Skyfall, Adele. You got to give a shout out to Adele. Oh, just the yeah. pipes, man. She's got it. My number one. Of course, this goes back to my favorite rock voice of all time, 2006 Casino Royale. Uh, you know my name, Chris Cornell. That, yeah, yep, hands down. Well, um, Chris Cornell's voice is candy. He is my—I mean, he's my favorite rock voice of all time. R.I.P. Chris. Mm-hmm. Um, but oh my god, I just—I love Chris Cornell and I love that song. It's my a lot favorite people, Bong song. See, Bong a lot song. of people didn't like that song being in the film. They said it didn't match. It, that, I thought that it sound. matched. Didn't match today's Bond, and I'm like, but see, I don't agree with that. How many? Fans come from our generation grew up with that music. I thought it was a perfect segue perfect. Okay. to the new Bond. This is this is what I was saying. Uh, I, I was I was telling Ryan the other day is if you look at every Bond film, the song that was matched, and this even goes back to the very first one to today, the song matches what music is really popular today. Like every single one. Like even even I I wasn't a big fan of the Sam Smith version, but that is what. When that movie came out, was really big. Sam Smith was really big, and the other crooner, uh, uh, really huge. He copies. Uh, he's really obvious. Who's the crooner? Buble. Yes, Buble. Michael Thank Buble. you, Michael Buble. Stuff like that. That's that was. Like, well, if you go back up. through the modern the modern era of Bond, I mean, it's using you know like it's Sam Smith, Adele, Jack White, and Alicia Keys, mm, Chris Cornell, Madonna, Garbage, Cheryl Crow, Tina Turner, Gladys Knight. Well, exactly. I mean, you're, 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 just, you're hitting with the popular of the time. <laughs> At that time, part. that's what that's what is going Gladys with. Knight. That's why it's Pips. Gladys, Gladys Knight, and the Pips. <laughs> <laughs> That, you know that it matches so like necessary you know Ryan's on the way when when you were saying Josh like 
the song didn't really match the movie and most of the time the song was named after the movie and that's what made it an iconic Bond song. For me, it does. That's why I didn't really get on board with the Sam Smith writings on the wall. Because, I mean, it was it fit. The style of song fit the movie. But it had nothing to do with what I, the movie was about. I like. I thought it fit and it was good. It's, it's not in my top faves because I'm personally not a Sam Smith fan. I don't like Sam oh, Smith. Oh, to be honest, so. I, don't, I mean, I don't know a lot of his music. But I, just, I really like that song. And I, I thought the writings on the wall actually worked because of what are the, the things that some of the elements that happened in the film, like for example, where Bond is near at the climax walking through that hallway and he's looking on the left and right and he's seeing the pictures of all the people either he's killed or people he's lost throughout the way that he's cared mm-hmm. for that, you know, spoiler, Ernst, Blofeld, <laughs> Ernst Blofeld put spoiler up there for thing. him. So if you I mean, haven't seen it yet. Yeah. That's, that's thinking too deep for a Bond movie for me. I'm, <laughs> I, I, I'm a struggling screenplay writer. This is what I do. Yeah, exactly. Like, when, when I, I watch Bond... That's why we appreciate your opinion. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I watch Bond, it's... You know, okay, like, when, when I watch Oscar movies, then I'll go to the deeper meaning part. But when I watch Bond, I, I'm I like... I need, you I need to mentally to check play. out. Yeah. Yes, I, I need to mentally check out. I need to be Bond, and I need to be a simplistic... I, you know, I need to find the hottest see, chick in the bar. See, I think that's why we're going to have a good debate about this later on, because you're drawn to that type of bond. I'm drawn more toward the deeper meaning. The deeper the meaning. Detail, See, the, that's where I'm at. And you, yeah. will, when we get into drafting our own plot for our own yes. Bond movie, yeah, that's going to be an interesting. Uh, dude, I've, uh, I think I've got a really good one. So. Uh, I'm, I'm on the same mind. I, I got three as well, and they've all been said, or uh, one hasn't been said. But I have Goldfinger, I have mm-hmm. Live and Let Die, yep. and I have View to a Kill. View to Duran, a Kill. Duran, baby. I knew you were going to go Duran, Duran. View to a Kill is Meeting my song. With a view to a kill. I'm a, you know, <laughs> guilty pleasure. Duran Duran was one of my favorite bands growing up. And I think that song, to me, I, I thought of, personally, I thought of View to a Kill was a humongous piece of crap. And I didn't enjoy any of it. It was boring. I thought the storyline <laughs> was boring. I thought the acting was terrible. But the song made the movie. That's what got I, me to I it. like it. And what you're going to understand, I like... I mean, okay, it's not... It, I would not put it in my top ten Bond movies, okay? But I, I can watch it and enjoy it. But we'll get into that why mm-hmm. later. Well, I, I think what you just said about how you, you thought the script and everything, the acting was crap in that movie, but the song was so good I think you hit on something that what makes the Bond film so iconic and makes them so strong even into de- from the 50s all the way until now is that there's something you can take from every single film yeah. every single one mm-hmm. regardless of what you think like I know we're going to get into a debate later least favorite Bond movie and I know when I say mine the whole table is going to be like what <laughs> but oh no me and Jim have been bickering oh back and forth gosh. for a while but, yes. but, but even with the movies you don't like there's something you can take from it. oh man this villain was good oh this Bond girl really shined uh, oh this moment was hilarious absolutely but like even my least here's the point here's a point I would like to make even my least favorite Bond movies my least favorite Bond my least favorite Bond girls I can still go back and watch the movies and get enjoyment oh, yeah. out of them you know, but when it comes to okay, like when I when I watch the Bonds, I get into I I have to watch all of like one like if I watch a Sean Connery Bonds, I have to watch all of all Sean the Connery Sean Connery Bonds. Bonds. Or if I watch the Roger Moore ones, I yep. have to watch all. And same with same with all of them, all the Pierce Daniel Brosnan's. Craig's I get that's why I can't you can't. I can't watch them from beginning to end. They don't really. Oh, I can. You know, a James Bondathon. I've done it once. Well, you know, I can. It took me a but, week. 
when it comes to no, like I... if I'm bored a Saturday, I have to pick one of them. Oh yeah, and then go with that one. Yeah. Uh, but okay, so Ryan, what do you have any that has haven't been said? And if there haven't, which one would you pick to be your one Bond song? My number one is the one Jim said, Chris Cornell. Yeah, I love. That's right. Yeah, you like yeah. you. Might, you yeah. know my name. I love his voice mm-hmm. in general. Favorite rock voice. Um, Adele, of course, just great, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, the Chris Cornell one. I was listening to that all week at work this week. Yeah, I was just jamming at my desk, yeah. doing that. Thank God they don't know where I work. <laughs> it just uh, his voice alone. I mean, even just growing up in the '90s with Soundgarden, mm-hmm. he's just like Jim said, an iconic voice. Dude, Chris, he. I'll say it again. His voice is candy. I can listen to him sing every song from the magic school bus and be entertained dude i mean and if you've never heard it pull up his version of Bill, michael jackson's oh, billy Jean. oh man yes. yeah. I, there's oh nothing of chris cornell it's acoustic and chris cornell and it's fantastic and that and like even in the 90s whenever <laughs> like the sound garden and spoon man whatever you want to you know yeah, whatever song yeah I wasn't even into music like that. Like I didn't get in the Nirvana stage, but he and Soundgarden, I got yeah. into. So I, I was okay. So just to date myself again, um, I used to go to um, you know, tons of rock shows when early on, and um, I, one of my fa- favorite shows I ever went to, um, I went to see Skid Row, which was the main act opening for them was Soundgarden, and they were just getting started. Oh, that's the and best. so many people were not into Soundgarden that they left the house lights on while they played because people were still chatting and not paying any attention. And I was sitting there watching them mesmerized and I literally got up and left and did not watch Skid Row. I I watched Soundgarden and I was like, I have my new favorite band and I'm done. Yeah, they're just amazing. Like Chris Cornell... Like, when I first heard him going to be doing the Casino Royale, I was just like, I'm sold already. Old already. But his, yeah, his is definitely my favorite. And like, you know, y'all said, Adele, you got to give her. Oh, yeah. Adele, like Matt said, I think she could sing the Barney theme and I would buy it. (laughs) The only thing thing about Adele is, is they, anything Adele, because she comes she doesn't come out with a whole lot it's like few and far between like she's only got two but that's albums. what makes it so good is that you wait for it and what and she spends time on it and she and she's about herself and her family and stuff too and then when she comes out you know she's invested but that's that's the thing but when she does come out they overplay the crap out of it and then i'm over it by the 75th you like, gotta get in on it in the first month uh, what, what's the song that they have already hello paired? hello like they've played this song at, at least one million times. And That's because, I mean, she's gold. Every time she comes out with a single, it's like, it. They're gonna play it until. It, oh yeah, it's I all agree. about ratings. They're gonna get something that's gonna get everybody on there. How many also, people are still trying actually, to record it? That, yeah. that, that was actually more iconic too, I think, because the. Okay. Sorry. Sorry, I had you muted. That was more iconic because I think she also came out with that after vocal surgery. Oh they yeah, thought she'd never sing again. Yeah, she has, I remember she that. had vocal numbers. surgery uh, right after that had, when she was uh, that that really big album of hers. Yeah, I, they're all numbers. I can't remember which uh, one it is, but the, but the one yes, before that. Before that, one. yes, <laughs> number one. Before, like before that, she came uh, came out. And then she had surgery, and she actually thought she wouldn't sing again. Yeah. But then she came out with that album that had "Hello," and then it just like they just she was. 
Then you have the Thanksgiving. You have the Thanksgiving version. Jello. 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 Well, Brian, what are your? Do you have a top three? Or do yeah, you have a favorite? Said. Well, which one would you pick? Skyfall. Your... I mean, with Beth. Day, I mean, the Skyfall being my favorite. When that one came out, I was just mesmerized by her voice. <clears throat> that was it. Was just amazing. Well done. Plus, so, I love that. I, that's I love that film as well. So Skyfall. That was the. Yeah, that was a good one. If I'm not mistaken, didn't that win best song at the Academy Awards? Yeah, I yeah, think yeah, it did. Think so. I'm yes. pretty sure it's it the did. only yes. one ever to win. I know "Live and Let Die" was nominated. Wait a minute. I thought the Sam Smith was it. It was nominated. I know that for I a fact because really he sang. He sang at the Oscars. I don't know if it won. If he sang at the Oscars, then that means it was nominated. Yeah. Hands down. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember him singing that uh, Writings on the Wall at the Oscars. I know that for a fact. I just don't know if he won it or not. Mm-hmm. But I think I do think Skyfall won. But a lot, if you look back, a lot of the Bond songs were nominated mm-hmm. over time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, whenever there's a Bond film... And, you know, now Bond films are getting more recognized for the film itself other than <laughs> effects and you, this is your arena Josh. yeah like that's because they're they're finally i think people are really starting to move away from the cheesy the campy. cheesy campy thing they're getting more into this is gonna sound really bad considering the older film fans in the room. <laughs> yeah. um, they're getting more into the quality of the storytelling oh i agree with that and that's I what totally i was saying agree. i have to yeah. totally blank, i have to blank out when and i watch you, the older ones and I, i've been studying uh, joseph campbell and the hero's journey in my screenplay and it's like a journey that every hero takes in every single story ever told and bond fits that perfectly there's always a, uh, a certain formula that they always follow no matter how many twists and surprises there is there are in the film there's a certain formula they do and i think it's they're really starting to hone in on that a lot more and bring more story into it yeah. but still not losing everything that bond was at the same time there's yeah. still things that people are catching on to but the story and the quality of the filmmaking yeah. process now is just so high and that's what's working for them. Yeah, I agree. So, you know, when you when you think about the quality now, uh, it, where it's going, but you think they, you know, they have the key points. I would say key points. Like you have your Bond girl, you have your Bond song, you have your uh, your villain. You know, you always have to have the villain that's going to either destroy the world or a part of it or something like that. And the villains are getting better, too. Man, they're getting more diabolical. Of course, but you know, about that they have more money these days to be more diabolical yeah. than, you know, yeah. they had to use more imagination uh, in the past to be diabolical because they didn't have the money. Um, some of the plan, the diabolical plan, and I know we're going to get into discussion, but some of them were just absurd. So but we're going to get onto that discussion. Yeah. Later. By the way, to answer an earlier question, uh, Skyfall did win Best Academy, uh, Best Song. It did win Best Song, yeah, but I'm, did the writings, writings on the Wall... Uh, I know for a fact it was nominated because I remember him singing the song. Yeah. So let me ask you this. How important... I was going to ask, do you think the song is important? I, from the conversation, we all Absolutely. think the thing is... Absolutely. How important do you think the song is for the movie? Oh, wait. It, so, it, Sam Smith, yeah. The, it did win Best Song. It did, it did win Best Song. So yeah, yeah, see, that's yep. another one. So, you know, and there was a lot. If you go back in history, a lot of them were nominated uh, to lead. But how important... Do you think the song is? Do you I think, think it's, it's incredibly the... important because you got to go back to the Bond. Okay, so the Bond uh, movies have um, a, a pattern, and um, the uh, the pattern is you have the um, opening, you know, the opening Bond walk in, shoots the screen, and then you have that opening action scene, and then it goes to the title theme, which the title theme has the iconic. 
you know, shadowed naked chicks jumping around. Yeah. And, and you know, it's that, it's that and not necessarily yeah, all the time. And that, but, but the, it's that whole pattern and the Bond cinematic, um, you know, pattern that, that just, that to me is part of a Bond movie. And so, yes, I think the song is incredibly important to fit in that mold. And sometimes it sometimes it works. I think more often than not, it has worked. But I've got a few that I think really didn't work at all. Yeah, and, that, I, and I don't think it's and it's not going to go to the artist or the music mostly. I think it's just it just didn't fit. Yeah. So how Josh? How how important do you think? Do you think do you think it's important? And if you do, do you how important do you think the song is to the movie? Um, I agree with Jim. I think it's incredibly important now. It's an expectation that we have now of a yeah. Bond film. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's kind of like when you read a book. When you read a really good book and it has a really good cover, mm-hmm. the cover draws you in. Or if you have a really good dust cover that writes a little something about the story yeah. before you watch it. If you read the, if someone picks it up in a store and reads it, they're like, oh, this book sounds interesting. Well, the song is the cover story of the movie. You yeah. can't have a Bond film without a Bond song anymore. And it's just one of those things like the Bond girl, like the diabolical uh, villain, there are certain things you come to expect in a Bond film. And without that song, mm-hmm. I think we're, you're watching a Bourne film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there exactly. You you're watching. That's perfectly. That's, perfect. that's a perfect um, thing. I, I think those core elements have become a tradition yeah. that we, in those elements of the exactly. tradition, mm-hmm. we don't want to get away from. You can make changes, you know, in certain ways that they've yep. done in the new movies. But those core elements, you know, yeah. the beginning, shooting the screen, mm-hmm. yeah. the first action scene, then mm-hmm. the whole, you know, credits intro with the song and everything. That's a tradition I don't think we should ever get away no. from. No, I, agree. I, agree. I mean, even I agree Mission Impossible has its own theme that you come to Absolutely. expect in a film. Absolutely. But you take all that away and you're basically, like I said, watching Which Matt I'm, Damon in yeah, a porn movie. Uh-huh. So. Would you agree with that, Ryan? No, I agree with that. I think the, the music has come to... To what you expect in the Bond. It's like when I go see a Bond film, I expect definitely the opening when he shoots at the screen, like you said. I expect a good music in it because I know that it's going to be just amazing. And the Bond girls. I mean, those are the three iconic things that I want in my Bond film. If they took the music away, I think it would like really hurt the franchise. You know, mm-hmm. when you when you when you say that, it's like. So say you know Daniel Craig is doing one more right? Yeah, like, yeah. I think yeah. he's going to be the yeah. one more. It's going to be like the most expensive mm-hmm. Bond movie ever made. Ever made, and yes. half that's his his, his salary. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's work to play Bond. So. Hey, well, well it, that's how they talked him into it because if you don't, if you remember accurately, they interviewed him just after he filmed. Yeah. Uh, I would rather slip my wrist than do another Bond one. And, and then they, they opened out. up that checkbook yeah. and said. I'll I'll do do one one more. More. I'll do one more. I'll do one more. We'll pay you three hundred million for your whatever. But you know, but think about it. When they they name a Bond movie, you have so much to be excited about. You've been like, yeah. ooh, who's going to be the Bond? Ooh, who is going to sing the song? How is it going to be my new favorite song? Or blah blah blah. You have all these key points to get excited about. There's yes. not just oh, there's another Bond movie. I'm a huge Bond fan. Right. But there's so much more to look forward to. 
And uh, even naming the film has become a big deal. What's the next absolutely. name going to be? I mean, it's yes. comparable yeah. to Star Wars. Right. What's the next Star Wars film going to be named? What's the next James Bond exactly. film? I mean, they're both yeah. been around for years. It, it, absolutely. It, it has so many breakdown details to get excited about other than just being a Bond film. Mm-hmm. Brian, mm-hmm. How, how important mm-hmm. do you think the song is yeah, to Bond? Just like they said, very important. It's It's been in our history. It's, it's what's made Bond films. It's something we expect now. And like Liam, like they all said, you know, it's just, uh, it, it's, it's just one of those aspects of a Bond film that you get excited about. Just like he said, it was, you know, what, what's, uh, who's going to play, who's going to sing, yeah. who's going to do this. You expect all that. And I, t- I, and I think the last two songs being award-winning yes, songs, exactly. I, I, I you think just, pattern, you just raised the bar. I, I, I think that they raised that bar yeah. and the quality the and the expectation that we mm-hmm. have. Well, I tell you, I, I think it's a point, but I think it shows where we are in music. These like in the day, like uh-huh. when we go back to. Uh, like uh, like Madonna during her time, you know, when she was singing that pop electronica type stuff, you know, it, it wasn't a lot of people's favorites. But if you think when that movie came out, that was what was popular, and so I, I liked it. It's not my cup of tea for music, yeah, but, but I felt it like it fit. Fit them, it I fit the day, it fit mm-hmm. the time, absolutely. Uh, you know, like I think it shows where we are in progression. Like you know, one day. Uh, you might hear, and I, I want an Americana type Bond song one time because I'm a huge Americana type fan. It's like singer songwriter type stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't think it will ever be, but uh, I don't know. It's pretty popular right you now. You never know. Like, you, but that's the thing. You never know. They, Dude, I mean, you could go all the, the way back thing. through this. 1977, The Spy Who Loved Me. Nobody does it better. Carly Simon. I mean, yeah. she yeah. was hot at that point. I mean, and big in music. And so. that's and that's what we have to look forward to. So you never know what the song would be. Uh, who will sing the song? What type of music will be? Because it's never yeah. the same type. So it it will help bring in more fans. Like uh, I, I'm going to keep my who I would like to sing a song because I got one on my list that's you know not very conventional for a Bond film. But uh, I would say I, I would say for music in the history of Bond, it just goes hand in hand. Yeah. Like you know with you know with the bullet the, all that and uh who the bond girl is going to be the title and all that you, you just it brings it all together so that being said knowing how important the song is what are your least favorite i'm gonna start with josh i'm gonna start with josh what I, we're gonna do the same thing with favorites i because I, I have a couple on mine i've got several yeah so and i have a number one yeah, oh, and pick number one that you least, least like. That just be, because it just didn't fit. You didn't like the song. You didn't like the what, song. Or whatever, you whatever didn't like the reason. person um, who sang it. I chose two, but one of them is. It's not that it was a bad song. It was great for the movie. It was great for what the movie was for. It fit, but it just wasn't my cup of tea. And that was Dying of the Day by Madonna. <laughs> I wasn't really into that electronic stuff when it came out. Um, but the other part was it was so daggum catchy. And it would get stuck in my I head said. for days. And I'm like, That's oh my God, get out of my head. But honestly, <laughs> and I know some people are going to disagree with me out there. My least favorite song, even if you go back and watch the video, I was like, oh my God, this is so 80s or 70s or something trying to be something else. Uh-huh. No. Well, Aha uh-huh was definitely up there as one of my least. But uh, 
All Time High by Rita Coolidge from Octopus. I like that one. Man, it just, <laughs> I mean, come on. I, I, no, it didn't. No. I mean, the only thing All Time High was him up in a plane. I mean, I, no. We got some frowny faces in the room. I, I know I'm unconventional with that. I just was not a yeah. I mean, the song I like as that. a standalone. That was one of my favorite fine. movies, too. too but too. as far as going with a Bond film, no. And as far as you saying, aha, that that, like, that goes back to what was popular oh, back then. Come on! <laughs> that's fine. I mean, I can be the, yeah. But no, all-time high, no. So, Jim, what, you said you had several. Well, I mean, there were some that, I mean, come on. Tom Jones should have never been in this list. I mean, he did Thunderball, the original Thunder, the Thunderball. You don't, you don't, you no, don't like the, no. the Tom Jones? Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> he was Vegas popular. He was not world-renowned popular. And yeah. I mean, and come on. He was a Vegas gimmick. I mean, I, I thought Tom Jones, he's not my number one yet. Um, but uh, my number one is nothing to the singer because the singer is fantastic. He's yeah. one of my all-time favorite singers. Love him to death. Um, on Her Majesty's Secret Service, we have all the time in the world, Louis Armstrong. Mm, yeah. Louis Armstrong doesn't fit, fit. this yeah. mold. No, I agree with that. And I'm, all. And I'm a, I yeah. love I Louis Armstrong. I love Louis death. Armstrong. I, he is one of my favorite. He, I've got tons of his music yes, in my catalog. Yes, I do too. But it just didn't fit the mold. At all, I mean, it just it just added to the element that the big pile of crap that that movie was because yeah. that's one of my least favorite. Yes, it's one of my least favorite. Uh, oh, we're gonna Jim, have it out, you and me. But Jim, before you, I know your list is elaborate, very detailed. I don't have a list as big as yours, but I just want to go ahead and get mine out there. Yeah, go ahead. Before you get into your elaborate list, is I did not care for Jack White and Alicia Keys. And Quantum of Solace. Oh my God! And that is, I'm, I love that one. I, I don't. Care I love Alicia Keys and Jack White. I'm a huge Jack White fan. I, didn't care I love about, Jack White. Uh, yes, absolutely. I like Alicia Keys, and I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was a great, and I thought it. You fit. didn't like it? No, you don't I like the fit. mix? I don't like the mix. I didn't like the two like together the pair. I tell Put you, them, take them apart and give them a I different can see song. That. I can see. I would have probably been. I'd have probably I can see. Like if Jack White did it by himself or Alicia Keys, I agree with that. But solo, yeah, solo. I get. They would have crushed it. I just did not care for the pair. So you're saying it's just the pair themselves yes, singing the song. together. You didn't like. But if you had somebody else doing that song, would you I, like that I think, song? Yeah, the song itself was. I yeah. think would have been so really well. Pair well even, in, yes. even in the first verse, you have Jack White singing by himself. And I was like, yeah, I'm really into yeah. this. And then it switches to Alicia Keys. And I think that's what it did. And, and I was like, okay, it sounds a little weird. But okay, now I'm getting into Alicia yeah. Keys. Then it goes back. And I'm like, wait, I don't get it. You don't it. have time to settle into exactly. both their voices. And exactly. then they, it's like, oh, Jack Oh, what? Okay, okay wait, Alicia Keys. And, oh, oh, Jack White again. And then they're together. No. Right. I don't know. I love that song. Yeah. Jim, you finish your list. You so yeah, yes, to, go on. Uh, well, you got the 1967 Casino Royale, Herb Alpert, and the Tijuana Brass. Oh, come <laughs> on, man. You don't like the Herb. Number, number, number one, we're going to get in this. That's another piece of garbage movie that should have never been made. I mean, you put I, you put Woody Allen in a movie, and it's just... Um, sorry, that, wasn't that a spoof? No, no, it was. No, we it was, were looking yeah. at the, and you know, I, I was. This, it was. It was. It came out the same year as You Only Live Twice, but it was a different set of producers yeah. and everything. Yeah. But oh. both of them got Ian Fleming's blessing and rights. It, it was. It was another take because the bond. It was just a different take. The bond was Too played by, uh, I think David Nivens or something or something like that. It was Niv. I know Nivens is the last name, but he was yeah, an David older Niven. bond. David Nivens. David Nivens. He was an older bond, and he wasn't. Just James Bond. He was Sir James Bond, 
and he was like a more elegant, more dialogue-ish. It was there wasn't a whole lot. I didn't watch this one, but I watched highlights I watched of the of the film. It's awful, and there's not a whole lot of action. It's a no. lot of dialogue, and yeah. it's like a it's lot a of Woody, British. It's a typical Woody Allen film, and it's awful. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of watching an old British film. Like watching like old BBC television in general. Absolutely, well, like it watching is. It's a lot like watching yeah. BBC right now. Yeah, yeah. It was, it, well, without the comedy, I love without I com- love British without the comedy. Benny Hill comedy. Yeah. yeah, I love British comedy. I think it's one of the greatest on earth. But if you just had a plain like what's that show everybody's into, uh, Downton Abbey, kind of like watching James Bond and Downton Abbey and just in a bar and it's all dialogue and it's everything. Horrible. It's, it's horrible. a bad movie. So Jim, it, it, did you say, did you have more? Um, I wasn't a big fan. Well, case okay, so the Louis Armstrong was my was my least favorite. That is your time. number that's my one number least one. favorite. That's my number one. I mean, I've got others. I mean, I wasn't. You know, it, it was okay, but Aha, the Living Daylights wasn't a big terrible fan of yeah. that. But it it was it was okay. The first eight seconds of that song was perfect. But then it got past the eight seconds, and then it, and then it was what. Yeah. Well, you know, it's Aha, Hello, so 80s. it's it's eighties. So you know, you Hello, had to extreme eighties, not yeah, hair band. So, but I mean, you know. I think that'll end my list for now. I'll, I'll give the rest of them a rest. <laughs> well, we, we, when we come to closing thoughts, we'll give honorable mentions honorable to mentions, your, yeah. uh, your least yeah. favorite. Ryan, what was your... I Die. think I know what you're going to say, but go ahead and Die say another it. day. I just did Die. not like that. But, another I mean, day. I hate you. And right that now. might be what it is. Die. Another day. You are it's now because another it does. Day. It gets, <laughs> gets in your head, and I'll probably be singing that all day now. He's going to look it up on Spotify on the ride home. I probably Die. will. Another day. See, I'm not a big Madonna fan either. Yeah, he is. There, it, she's not in my catalog. I don't yeah, have any like, Madonna music, but I felt like it fit. I mean, it, it oh, fit. It totally fit. Oh, yeah, it totally model. fit. Yeah, but it, you know what? After... It's funny when I was looking up James Bond theme or songs because there's so many of them. I totally forgot about uh, Louis Armstrong. Mm-hmm. I totally forgot about that one. That shows right there, like how relevant that one was. Yeah, yeah. I uh, well, you know, it's a terrible film. It is a bad film. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? Sorry, let's, I blanked out. It's on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Oh, it's not for Game Cheryl over, man. Game over. No, it's more like game on, sir. Yeah. Uh I I had one. I okay, see, I I did not like the Louis Armstrong. I do agree that it to me it didn't fit the Bond scheme as in voices, but I thought the song was good. There wasn't a whole lot when it comes to the Bond songs I didn't like. Uh like Writings on the Wall by Sam Smith. Yeah, like with the deeper meaning, I could see how he goes because the deeper meaning. And when I look at the details and the screenwriting. <laughs> deep, deep thought. <laughs> if I have to think too much about how it coincides with the movie, then I'm lost when it comes to a bond. Deep I have a huge diabolical Matt. plan right now on how to end you. <laughs> But it, but it was a good song. It, I mean, it was a good song. Like with, I, I like Sam Smith. I, I don't like a whole lot of what he sings about because I feel like it's the same cheesy stuff that's already been you know sung about. But there was one that I thought was complete garbage, and it was by garbage, complete piece of crap. Because it's world, world is not is enough. enough. It. I thought this movie. I thought really they just you, took "World Is Not Enough" and repeated it in in grunge music. You just over up, and over. You again. just brought up my honorable mention. your honorable mention. Yeah. It was complete crap. Yeah. I thought if in even for the time period, I know garbage was, you know, when this movie came out, they were on their way out. 
They this was not the that's heyday. True. That's true. Of and, garbage, and I was actually a garbage fan. I actually oh, yeah. liked some of their a couple of their hits, mm-hmm. and it was pretty good. But it, yeah, I agree. Did not fit. Yeah, it this was, one, this one didn't fit because this was not in their heyday. This was because they were huge. It was almost like a last ditch effort to save their career. Yes, almost. exactly. They they were on their way out. They were mm-hmm. still known. They still had albums coming out, and they still had a following. But this song, when this song came out. Uh, with this movie, it was kind of like oh, last ditch effort to save them. We're, we'll we'll um, fit because this music is still big. Um, let's let garbage do it. Um, so, you know, with with, with garbage, it, this song. I felt like when I hear the song, it's just them repeating "world is not enough." I know there are other words, but I don't hear anything else. Yeah. It's like they say "world is not enough" so many times in this stupid song. See, that's me and die another day. Oh yeah. But then, but when you have all that yeah. electronica in it, and you die shake your little day. booty, and you're like, "Yeah, die another day." If you guys could see what I see right now, you would, you <laughs> know, jiggling. Please yeah, stop. bad images with the bad song. <laughs> Woohoo! Look at that flubba fly. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so all right, let's. This is gonna. This is gonna be my favorite part. I'm giddy about this. This is one of my favorite parts. If you could choose a band. Any band or solo or solo, or yeah, com- any or a combination group. or a combination doesn't matter. If you could choose any style of music, band, group, solo doesn't matter. Who? I'll, all right, Jim, let's start with you, Ooh, man, Mr. Cartel, Mr. Cartel. Who? Who? I, I have a few, but I'm going to pick one. If nobody picks it themselves, okay. you're saying who? Who is someone you would like to do a song? Yeah, bands, okay. a singer, it doesn't matter. Anything goes with this one. Who I've got would a, you want? I've got a few that I think could do great. And if um, as everybody goes around, I'm going. I'm not. I'm only going to name my one, my number one option yes. choice. And when it comes back around, if nobody brings if nobody us up, brings them up, I'm going to bring them up. All right. But if I could, my dream, your dream, to design dream. my perfect Bond song, I would have it co-written by John Williams and Mark Mothersbaugh. In an orchestra, in, in an orchestra. Put a lot of thought into this. Yes, I have. John, oh wow! Because that's, you know, Mark, you know, a... Mark Mothersbaugh did the orchestrated Thor Ragnarok soundtrack. Interesting. I would have John Williams and Mark Mothersbaugh co-write it uh-huh. in an orchestrated way and sung by Etta James. Wow, my lips just got all salivated over here. That is amazing. I put a, is lot, that, of a lot of thought. Is there a mic drop over there somewhere? There you go. <laughs> that you know. Okay, I I got to be honest. I did not put that much detailed effort into my picks. Yeah. I picked obvious picks. I, I did a little. Or, bit. He, he did co-written and stuff. I'm like, whoa, whoa. He took like, it to another level. And I like. I feel ashamed of my picks now. Like, <laughs> I feel like I needed a minute to come. Just back crumble to that it. piece of paper up. Yeah, man. That minor. You can all garbage. hang your heads in shame. <laughs> Josh, who would, who would who would your ideal? Um, be? I actually have a few here, but I'm kind of with Jim. There's a couple of people I would pair, but I also chose based on all time list. Yeah. Like some of these, Absolutely. one of these couldn't never happen anymore um, because of the whole Americana thing. I'm, I'm kind of into Mumford and Sons right now. Oh yeah, I don't man. know if they could really 100 percent pull one off for the type of bonds we have now. I think a closer thing would be more of an Imagine Dragons type setup. Mm, nice. I, I know a lot of people are. I, I, Imagine Dragons is one of those groups that you either love them or hate them, but guys, they can I love put them. On They're some, so versatile. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and they can put on some anthems, man. And yes, I'm they, telling you, they would be perfect 
for a big epic Bond film like the big one that's coming. Well, and I think you that need would be an great. Anthem. Exactly. It's an anthem. So you're planting exactly. your seed right now yes. for Imagine Dragons. I think Imagine Dragons. I mean, a lot of people overlooked the song Battle Cry that they did for Transformers. Mm. And yeah. I love that song. It was yes. totally, you know, underrated and so was the soundtrack. But then again, switching back to soundtracks and stuff, all time and I'm a huge fan always and a lot of people who know me know this. I would have loved to see Linkin Park do a version of it, not as hardcore as they have done in the past, but more of a Almost like what they did for Transformers, um, something more like that. But I would also like to see either Imagine Dragon, since they can't do Lincoln Park, my vote is Imagine Dragons. But I would also maybe if they can collaborate with Hans Zimmer. Mm. That's what I would do. So have like that epic. Uh, yes. Didn't didn't Imagine Dragons? Don't they have the title track on the new Mission Impossible? Yes, they do. Well, it's not a title. They basically well, added it's the, the theme, theme it's into the one. Theme. Of the, yeah, they added it to the song well, Friction yes, on their second yes, album, Smoking yes, Mirrors. Yes. No, I'm not a fan. <laughs> no, so I don't know that, these things. No, I didn't see them in yeah, concert so and almost have, cry. You would have that epic, uh, uh, that epic uh, symphony background with that like like rock type uh, that's not nice that's not nice I, 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 I just think Imagine here. Dragons could do something big anthem like kind of like if you were to go back into the 70s and early 80s it's like saying put Freddie Mercury into a which I can't believe they didn't put into a Bond film how are you not going to oh, have Queen oh god that would have been awesome yeah. I mean <laughs> Queen was one of my if Queen would have done a Bond song epic. I mean seriously I mean yep. that would have been <laughs> off the charts I've got a couple more but as we keep going. Let Ryan, let's go with you. Who who would your idea uh Here he is, the biggest douche of the year. It's getting personal in here. The things you don't Loves see. Are coming off. Now who would your ideal uh, oh, person to do it? If only y'all could see the note. But anyway. <laughs> I was talking to Matt yesterday and like in today's world I'm not really big in today's music. But my nephew showed me Lana Del Rey. Oh, Lana Del Rey. She's an amazing. I think she has got an amazing voice. Yeah. I, would, I think she would be good for I agree a, with that. With a Bond movie. How, but what type of song would you like? What type? Can you give me an example of what kind of song? Would you want her to do the Lana Del Rey type music? Yeah. Or would you want to put her voice with something else? I would say the Lana Del Rey music. Like the it. Young and Beautiful song. Yeah. How she does the. Yeah, I would say that. Um, I would go with her. Like she was the one that I really thought about. But also, Josh has had a mention, and like you said, an honorable man. Yeah, Queen would have been amazing. Amazing. Like, amazing. how did that not happen? I'm gonna have to disagree with Queen. Really? I'm gonna go ahead and do it because I think they're too. After Bohemian Rhapsody, you don't think they could have written something just iconic for no, a Bond thing? No, because they're too they wrote cool. a hit song called about riding a bicycle. That's, bicycle but that's what I'm saying. Bicycle. I want to ride my if bicycle. you look. If you look at Queen, and I'm so glad they're making this movie. I'm, I'm, so, I'm so excited, excited about yes. that. Movie. But yeah, I, I am a huge Queen fan. But you, there is no other band on planet Earth that is like Queen because they play with the weirdest timing oh, in yeah. their songs. They will start off. I'm gonna get a little technical. Yeah, I, they're passing notes in here. <laughs> Sons of. <laughs> we'll kill everybody in this place. And, you know, you <laughs> pulling for you. For you. <laughs> oh, <I'm busy. laughs> 
There is, but with the timing, like they'll start off on a three four, then go into a four four, and then slow it down, and then do like a pop, like two four, and no other band does that. But that would work for a Bond film. Think about the storytelling on how they do that. It, it's get, get, think about Casino Royale. It can get uh, the new one with Daniel Craig. It can be very slow, and then boom, boom, boom. A lot I of think, stuff happens. I it's think slow, if they, I think if they would have done it. It would have been close to the vein of Live and Let Die. Oh yeah. No, yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I don't know, man. Like View to a Kill is is my favorite, but even it, you know, it, it had that medium pace. With 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 Queen, you would start off with a slow, then medium, then high, then go back to slow, then high, and then they would end it high. And then that's too much. Like it, it needs to be one song. For me, I'm just saying. For me, I think Queen would be too sporadic for uh, a James Bond song. Just in my opinion. Uh, I I, I love the dragons. band. I love the band. Oh, love yeah. every. I don't think there's one song I don't like from Queen. Uh, as as their individual group, and there will never be another Queen. There would never like no, 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 not even anything. Not even this new music that Queen is writing with Adam Lambert. Have y'all heard some of this yes. new stuff? Yes. It doesn't even compare. It's no. interesting. It's not the same. Uh, because you know, uh, Freddie Mercury wrote half oh, their he, stuff he was yeah. queen he yeah, was queen he was queen that's yes. like aerosmith without steve tyler come on exactly yeah. and you you could definitely tell they have a few new songs not a whole lot because when they tour they pretty much i, I think adam lambert's voice he, he doesn't quite match what freddie mercury did but it, it's pretty close i think i would enjoy it if i saw it for but free. the writing is not there the, the writing is not there i i don't think you know but so i i kind of i disagree with queen even though i love queen uh, Brian, do you have? Is there a group? Come on, man! You, you. It could be anybody. It could be anything. It doesn't have to fit the natural scheme. Get, yeah. Is there anything that? Man, I I don't know because I'd have to have more. Honestly, I was imagining Brian coming out here. I want to hear Disturb. Yeah, like, Disturb really? or Slipknot. <laughs> hey, okay, Slipknot. hold on, Slipknot. hold on. You joke about Disturb, but if they could write something that sounds like his rendition of the Sound of Silence, I was about to say the same. That thing. actually would be good. That's one of the few songs. That is one of my favorite versions of favorite. That, that is my favorite version. Oh my god! That so is you so joke good. about that, but if they wrote a song that was about that was kind of written like that, his version of the Sound of Silence, I dig it. As he's, long as I didn't have to hear, ooh, ah, ah. yeah. As long as you don't have to hear, ooh, ah, ooh, ah, but he's, but know. when he sings like uh, "Sound of Silence," he's got a haunting voice oh, that yes. you're just drawn it's, to. His voice it's is awesome, amazing. and it would so, be amazing in a Bond. Really so dark. You, yeah. you wouldn't say you wouldn't. So you would say the lead singer of Disturbed, not Disturbed not the, the band. band, because then that's what you would get is. What if you put like what if you put like his voice behind an orchestra, a popular yeah, orchestra, or put it, or, like, or put or it with a Hans Zimmer score? I'm telling you, you got oh, it. Oh wow! That's or it. or another band. Is there a band that you think would fit with the singer of Disturbed to make a good Bond mm. song? Like, could you take? I had a parody moment where Not I thought really. somebody could laugh at. I, I can only think Scott of... Stapp. Oh, see ya. And you see ya. <laughs> see ya. And oh my, and oh my God, like uh, uh, Alter Bridge. True girl. You know, uh, I, I'm. And I used to be a huge Creed fan, but yeah. Oh my God, it Scott Stapp. Now. Yeah, gets on my. I love Alter Bridge, which oh, is yeah. the. Yeah, we're the, off topic now. You know, but I think. Alter Bridge. Yeah, we're getting I, off topic. I don't want to. I don't want to get on an Alter Bridge because I, I think they're way better. Have any band together or piece a band together or anything? I only. I could only say like since he brought it up. Yes, the lead singer of Disturbed. What is, what's with, the insane guitarist from Slipknot? What is Mickey, Mick Thompson? So what if you got him with a guitar? 
just a guitar and the singer of Disturbed. Yeah, I I'd go with that. Because that, um, that dude on guitar, I can I, I, oh, I can never remember his name. You yeah. know his name, but that dude can do three things with this hand and four <laughs> things with this yeah, hand yeah. and make it yeah. all melodic and perfect, and it's just insane. Like um, Steve Vai, yeah, it's insane. Like he's all over but, the board. You don't know where his hands are. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, basically taking a singer from a band, like I could hear, I could hear. What if, type if of music? Dark, is there a type? You can put a type. You don't have to say a band, but like the lead singer with, like, uh, say you took uh, Simon from Simon and Garfunkel yeah. and had him play like that eerie, uh, like from Sounds of Silence. Yeah. Uh, you know, play that eerie guitar and have him singing and it just be that. Yeah. Like yeah. just the guitar, just his voice. Yeah. I want that. I want However, if they were still together, no, no. I don't know how that what, would sound. What I was, was going to say the Civil Wars, if they were still together, could possibly there do. There you go. They could possibly yeah, do good, one if they yeah. were still together. What um, is it? I have one for you. Why does it have to have a voice? What, if, if, think I about, think it needs lyrics. It needs well, lyrics, I thought about yeah. that, but what, but think about when you go back to some of the older Bond films, like the Daniel Craig ones now, obviously, are going. they're in the past. So mm-hmm. they're back to his roots. We did some of the Bond films with the John Barry Orchestra. Why not? I think only Doctor No was the only one that did that. That's what I'm saying. What if they did something like that? I was not a big fan of that. Well, I know it was kind of long. Unless you had Gregorian chant, (laughs) it it would have to have some lyrics. It's got lyrics. I I mean, for me, I'm surprised Matt hasn't said Enya yet. At least she speaks, though. I that's love Enya. Yeah, I mean, she... But that's okay. what I'm saying. If she chanted... That's true. Like, right. I would take a chant over nothing. I got a couple I want to throw out there. And just imagine what these two could have done, you know, with a Bond movie. Justin Timberlake. Oh, God, yeah. 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 Prince. Oh. Yeah. Okay, but would you put them together or would you just have No, Prince? I'm, I'm even individually... Solo. Prince I mean, because, by himself, because yes. Because both of them are, both, sorry, both of them can write very well. I think Prince is a step above JT, but yes. but both of them I think are on a level where I think they could both step. come up with something fantastic. <laughs> oh my God, if he could do something like what he did with Batman. Yes. And Bat have that, that, that solid, just that. Oh my God. I he, would, is, he was I would a king it. at coming up with guitar licks. Oh man. my God, dude. And that in that like don't 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 or uh, but uh oh god what is it like he did the uh a uh, Batman theme and then uh, he mixed the old Batman and then it had Jack Nicholson in there um, oh, I don't remember sing, that one. like he had having his lyrics and he, he and dance. he edited all that himself and then he added his guitar, guitar and it. then he sang yeah. along with it. It's on the Batman soundtrack. Yeah, the it's original. one of my favorite. The Michael Keaton slapping paint on the on Black the and white. Well, no, it's, red it, and green. It, that's it's, when they go into the Yeah, that's exactly yeah. where that that's yeah. exactly. But it's it a, it's a it's a mix. Like if you listen to the credits, if you have to listen to the whole credits of the uh 89 Batman, is where this song it's a mix and it's got Jack Nicholson uh, do you have an iPad that's plugged in? You can look it up. I can't do that. <laughs> Dance with the Devil in the Pale Moonlight. Um, in it, isn't it mixed in with it? Uh, no, it. We would have we would have to play it. But I think the point is, is like I think. Okay, next Prince, podcast we're gonna have cued music available. Yes, we're gonna have to have cued music. Uh, Write that down. <laughs> oh, it's I'll have it. I'll have um, the equipment ready. Yeah, mine's not even hooked to the internet. We so just pointed Brian. He's been on cue lately. Every time he just starts <laughs> singing something, we're all like, "Oh, hey, there he goes." Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I have an unconventional one that hasn't been mentioned only because I mean, and I'm and it's rap. Oh Lord, it's rap. 
But I think mumble rap. Hey now, hey hey, calm your tits over here. Calm your tits. I'm gonna say Eminem. I think I could see that. Yes, I could do a really good if he did like a slow melodic type rap that could match what is going on. I could totally see that. He did. I mean, look what Lose Yourself did for Eight Mile. Exactly. And I watched. This is why I said it because I watched Eight Mile the other day, and I was like, man, he could totally do another Academy Award winning song. Exactly. And recognized, yeah. you know, by the Academy being, you know, what it is and how it's become a part of our society. Of course, that's the same Academy that let It's Hard Life for a Pimp to win best song. Yeah, that's throwing that out there. Okay, but, you know, they can't all be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> what about the era that we were, like 2008, 2009? What do y'all think about, like, Amy Lee? Like if she did a, okay, so like her haunting yeah. voice, her recorded voice, yeah. her studio voice, yes. But yes. I'm going to tell gonna you say guys, Evanescence, yeah, that's a good one. How many times have y'all seen them live? Oh, that girl's enough. voice is horrible it's, live. It's, oh, really? oh, it's not the best. God. She's about to go on tour she with is, uh, Lindsay yeah. Sterling. She is studio work like crazy. Huh. Oh wow. Yes, saw her downtown with a few people, and yeah, that was it was not the greatest. No, not at all. Well, not close. Now, studio work, if you put it right, in the studio right, and right, record right. the song, I think it I mean, could, you could produce something really well. Well, for a Bond film in today's world, that, that's what they're looking for is a studio. I'm not a fan yeah, of you know. their music at all, and I'm sure I'll get backlash from this from people, but U2, I'm kind of surprised they've never done I'm not a U2 fan. Let's go, I'm not, This is an age-long I, argument I, between I think U2 is the most overrated band no, on I agree. Earth. I No, I love U2. <laughs> Come grew, on, Josh. I, I grew up in the age of U2. I love their music. I love all the writing, but I think I think Bono is just an just a overrated dimwit. I I, I mean, think he's done some really past. stupid. He's done some great things for humanity. Don't get me wrong, and I love their music, but I think he's just a weirdo. Oh I Joshua think anything Tree past Joshua Tree, Joshua Tree, Joshua Tree is the only thing fantastic, I will listen to. Fantastic. Anything album. past that is just re- Bono repeating the same crap. <laughs> with you know, with the same old YouTube music and it Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> <laughs> One, two, three, one hundred <laughs> Hello, hello, hello in Spanish. <laughs> I have I have one I have one more I have one more honorable mention is uh Metallica. I think if they did like a slow uh, Nothing like, else matters. but they would have to go. Yeah, yeah. they would have to go back yeah. to that route Where to do be I to take do this bond of mine. <laughs> I, I, that'd be the only one. But like, man, you don't really get a rock Bond song anymore. So, Chris Cornell, I was disagree. One of the closest. Yeah, just, he would have to. He would. I would disagree closest. with the Metallica. I don't. I don't think that would work. You don't think Metallica? I don't, would work? I don't think would. I don't. Think Not even work. with like nothing else matters. That whole no. That, that whole slow. No, Inner Sandman. Nothing else. The Black Album era. I don't even if they had that type of sound. I don't think it would work at all. Uh, so let's move on to the next segment. Uh, because man, we could talk about music in this room for Obviously. hours. Yes. Uh, let's let's go to favorite Bond, and Here this is go. where it's gonna. Gloves are this off. Is, <laughs> Don't uh, gloves are off. Hang on, take Don't off make my shoes. me say his name just to just to make you people argue. <laughs> hey, baby. Let's uh, let's who who wants to start? This one's going to be. Oh, I think uh, I don't think the a, I, don't, I don't think favorite Bond is going to be the gloves off. I hang think on, it's, stretching. I it's think gonna it's be the, the least, least favorite, favorite where the fight's going to happen. Be. Oh yeah. 
Well then, okay, let, let's start with least favorite. Boom. Really? I just, just want to jump it up the deep end, huh? I'm gonna jump. I'm gonna change it up on you because let's start me. with least favorite in this corner. Uh, <laughs> in this corner. I only yeah. having been in one Bond <laughs> film. I've got something that will set Josh off. I'm, go. gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna let on, me stand I'm gonna up. let Jim start because I, I know I, I kinda I know one he's gonna say and I'm gonna jump across the table. Oh, it's gonna set both of you off at the sa- with the same comment. Uh-oh. Okay. This is interesting. Oh yeah, it's gonna get it's gonna get real, It's gonna get real. <laughs> let's go. Let's so, do it. Let's, welcome to let's US? Do it, you you son of a <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go. Let's get it on. Jim, you you started. So here it is, the statement. My least favorite Bond of all time is Timothy Dalton because I don't count George Lazenby and David Niven. I... Uh, <laughs> actually, he just I, mic drop. Actually, I, I I can't 100% disagree with you. There is one thing I do disagree with you, and that's George Lazenby. He is a Bond. No, he's not. He is a Bond. No, no he's not. No, he's not. Should have never happened. George, George Lazenby. I will take you out is, the deep grass right George now. Lazenby is the equivalent of what's in my son's diaper every single day when it comes to Bond. He's the, the only record, Bond. He was picking on Matt with Timothy Dalton. Here. Okay, he's the you know only why? Bond. You know, you know why they had to pull him in in that role because. None of the bonds wanted to be the one who the who were the one who got married because he was a wuss. Brian, <laughs> 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 where is your alcohol content? <laughs> we need to get out the hard stuff. <laughs> George Lazenby is the only one fired before the movie even <laughs> ended. <laughs> Take it, Josh. Take it. Burn. <laughs> All right. And, Josh. Okay, and on Timothy Dalton, you mother. <laughs> Timothy Dalton worst, is worst, the worst. iconic Bond. He had the perfect accent. No, he had the it's perfect, a little bit of a stretch, Matt. He had the Roger perfect Moore. swagger. He had the perfect action. He was the Bond in my opinion. Timothy Dalton so, couldn't hold David Daniel Craig's jockstrap. Oh, goodness. Daniel Craig <laughs> is like a uh, steroided Jason Statham now, and has nothing but his moves. Now, one thing I will say in Matt's defense is that Timothy Dalton did change the aspect of Bond forever and making him into an action star. If you really think about it, Roger Moore had more that came. <laughs> we got to take that away from him. <laughs> Roger Moore definitely had the more campiness side about him. He pulled that off brilliantly. But when it came to action, I mean, let's face it, it came out in the 80s when 80s action films were getting huge. And Timothy Dalton did pull that off and then made, paved the way for people like Pierce Brosnan and Daniel Craig. So in that aspect, I will defend him. Do I think he's the greatest Bond? Not even close. No. No, no. But George Lazenby, you son of a... All right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, shouldn't have existed. No. Oh, so no. you say... So which out of those would you say is the worst? You had to pick one. Here we go. One you I could don't erase count. from Bond. I don't, I don't count George and David at all. Because you said their names. They matter. No, I don't they don't. Think, I, don't think, I don't think really think we could put David because he wasn't in the same yeah, line. Yeah, I don't think okay, yeah, so, David. All right, so George shouldn't have even existed. George Lazenby. <laughs> All right, let's go. Let I'm gonna move it on over. I'm, I'm gonna cramping. move it on over to uh, Josh here and let him to 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 bring it, Josh. Uh, you might want to turn down my mic for this one. No. Defend it. <laughs> Round Defend two. It. Fight. Okay, my least favorite. I'm gonna answer the question first. My least favorite, Roger Moore. I am not a Roger Moore wow. fan. Take your yeah, headphones off and walk wow. out of that door right now. You know what? I I, I will defend this. I when it comes to what. I see in a Bond 
Roger Moore just wasn't it for me. Like you said, he couldn't act his way out of a paper bag. No. And mm. Roger Moore, the only thing he had going for him, a lot of people like to compare him and Sean Connery. I think we all can agree that none of this would have existed without Sean Connery. He made He was the original. Bond. He, yeah, he looked, made when it. he first walked out in that tuxedo, he was Bond, yep. hands down. No one could have touched it. When you brought Moore into it, he kind of made it to something comical, which is fine if that's what you're into. I just wasn't into that. He brought more comedy into it. He definitely brought He had the very, I'm suave, I'm good looking, and I know it. Sean Connery had the, I can do this and still be the agent. Yeah. I don't have to be the just a womanizer. I have chops. I can act. I Ooh, can yeah. do this. Um, <laughs> but Roger Moore, I just was not a fan of his. And when, At what point did he become Sir Roger Moore? When did that happen? I think he did it on a weekend where he told the Queen he what like, to do. What up, know. Queen? I mean, Sean Night Connery is an Academy Award this winning actor. Been, he deserved this. The might title. have been this might have been at the time where uh, the Queen was just knighting everybody because it was the cool thing to do. Oh, gotcha. yeah. but no, I, I'm not a Roger Moore fan. As far as George Lazenby is concerned, all right, <laughs> bring it. It's Defend obvious it. you and I are the two big fans in the room, so we're just going to have it out Defend right it. here. George Lazenby did a phenomenal job as Bond. He got a really bad rap because he had to follow, let's face it, Sean Connery. Who was going to fill in those shoes the second Sean Connery left? He, Sean Connery made Bond, and George Lazenby did everything he could to bring the role into And it. failed. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> that what year, do you remember what year um, the Lazenby Yes, came out? it was 1969. There you go. Okay, 69. it's 69. Okay. Let's just say that was a weird year in general. <laughs> a lot of stuff was going on. Yeah, I don't know. I, I followed like, George followed uh, Sean Connery's "You Only Live Twice" from '67. Yeah, see, Sean Connery already made the culture icon, which we know of as Bond. Now, I mean, everything after him was. But then based on George that. came in. Did that. My bad. Yeah, see, George take came that in, did that him. movie, and then Sean came back in '71. Okay, but but about that, see, George Lazenby, I thought the script, everything was, one, in my opinion, one of the better James Bond films that got totally underrated and then after that was over spoiler alert if anybody hasn't seen it he if gets you married seen it, it's your fault yeah really he, he gets married and then his wife get, dies in a drive-by and the last thing we see is him holding his wife i mean that was tragic and i think george lazenby who was a newcomer who had to follow in sean connery's footsteps had to pull that off and no matter what he did he was going to get thrashed by bond purist out there and then what do they do they bring sean connery back for one more movie and they just basically dismissed everything in the first five minutes of that with Diamonds Are Forever. And I totally disagreed with that. I was like, he just suffered a tragic event. And then they didn't even give him a chance to up his ante with that. Of course he was the one that fell in love and everything. He had a chance to come back in the next movie and show the revenge, the avengeful side, and he never got that chance. What was the reason why George got fired before the movie was done? It was uh, like uh, he had a bad attitude. There's a whole... Um um, documentary about it. I can't remember the name of the documentary, but it is about George Lazenby as uh, Bond okay. because it was one of the most he was one of the most controversial actors at the time, and he didn't agree with anything in directing. See, this is why I go with George Lazenby as one of my least is is my least favorite because uh, he's not one of my favorites. He never bought just, it. He never truly bought into the role. He never bought into the role. He didn't because he wanted to be different. He didn't want to be the Sean Connery. But I like that uh, about him, is that he tried something different. Every Bond that we have had since Sean Connery, that's one thing. They all have certain parts of the formula they have to follow. But each one of them, each and every actor, I have nothing but respect for because at least they tried to bring something different to the character. 
You know, each one of them has something. Like Daniel Craig is the brooding which, action. Which I agree, but you know? George Lazenby didn't bring anything that I could get on board. He got one with. movie. He's, he's saying he's saying that he brought kind of a an emotional depth kind of the to more it, the maybe. sensitive. I actually could leave this life uh, about him. I think he played that brilliantly. Um, or a humanity showed a humanity side. To I mean, they each they him, each maybe. have shown that and. Not the, I'm the ice-cold killer spy type thing. I could literally have a life type of guy. Right. He actually, at least in my opinion, made it believable that he could have left this life for the right woman. He could have Mm -hmm. done it. And then when that was stripped from him, the last thing we see is him emotional about it. He never got that chance to show the other side. How about how about this? So that happened in his past, and the whole tension between Money Penny, he never brings her close because he thinks that that could happen to her. Maybe. I think so. Maybe, and I mean, that's... Well, that also goes back to Vesper, uh, Vespa and uh, Casino Royale. I mean, that all started with her, too. Mm-hmm. Very uh, true. I, I just want to point out, since me, neither me or, Brian, uh, me or Ryan are arguing at this point, that was just kind of hilarious, that it was all fists at one point, and now you've all had a sip of something to drink, and you're like, <laughs> I love you, bro. <laughs> oh, it's the barroom debate. We're all like, man, screw you. You guys yeah. are wrong. I love you, man. We're <laughs> my best let's, pal. Let's go to these guys who are being so quiet over here. Uh, Brian, who would you say is your least favorite? Well, George Lazenby. Why? Why was but George Lazenby? It's already really been stated. It just it wasn't a good. Was wasn't good, and it, the whole movie was terrible. And he, and he was horrible around <laughs> actor. No good. Movie actor, terrible. No good, movie terrible. And he Check. was horrible around all the people around him trying to even film the. Film. Well, I'm not saying he wasn't uh, a good guy to work with. I, I'm taking that out of the equation. I'm thinking strictly what was on screen. That's Ryan, who I'm would you say it was your least favorite? Would you go with the Lazenby? Yeah, just so you're you're outnumbered. I'm obviously outnumbered. That's fine. Lazenby, but you know, okay, yes. Even with one film, I think in one film you have a chance to make it your own. But I think the reason he didn't get to continue is because he was behind the camera. You know, I'll like if you later. watch that documentary, oh, yeah. there is a documentary uh, about how bad. Or not how bad he was. I you know, that's not what I meant to say. I mean how uh, bad at bad of attitude he had while working with these people who were trying to make a bond that was already popular. There's, there's, there's different ways of looking at that, though. Yes, he might have been a bad person to work for. Yes, he might have had an attitude, and that's none, none of that is excusable. Um, we don't know 100% what happened behind closed doors and things, but at the same time, put yourself in his position just for a second. He had to follow Sean Connery. Well, yes. I mean, Sean Connery as the Bond who made a name he started and he did a cultural iconic thing that let's face it how many years later and we're still talking about how good of a role he did and he had one chance to come in the second if you go back and do the research the second they even said they were going to have another Bond it was over for him the same thing's happening to people like Ben Affleck right now Who's playing Batman? Who could die and just go away for me? I well, see, that's like that. a matter that's of another, opinion. Yeah, that's another conversation. That's another conversation. Another but it's it's the same thing. Uh, think about how many people said, "Man, who Heath Ledger as the Joker? Come on, really? No one's going to beat Jack Nicholson, dude. He he's the only person ever to win an Academy Award for playing a comic book character. Look how good he did. Yeah. I'm just not not that I'm comparing the acting chops of Heath Ledger to George Lazenby, but I'm saying he had one chance, and it was an uphill battle from the start. That's but, you know, with, with everybody's got to pay their dues. I think with this oh, character yeah. that would have made his career, uh, you know, George Lazenby was in a couple of films beforehand, but this would have made his career if he had just played ball. Oh, I agree. Sean Connery would never... If he had played ball in the first one, just to get 
just to work with who he's working with. And then the second one, do something more iconic to the Lazenby Bond. You know, if you look at, you know, the first one Roger Moore ever did, you know, I bet, I, I can't think of offhand which one that is, live but and I let bet. Die. Yeah, okay, live so Live and Let Die. See, and that was an iconic, that I, I could have seen Sean Connery in that role because that was a Sean Connery Bond movie, in my opinion. I love Live and Let Die, but they had Roger Moore. Roger Moore is not my favorite either. Uh no, he he just seemed like an just old no. man playing the Bond, and I couldn't. You know, I love the movies, and I can watch them because of what they are. But Roger Moore was not my favorite either. But but for that, I bet when you go back, he I, in that movie would you know played ball. He played ball and followed the direction of what James Bond should be. And then when you look at later, more uh, Roger Moore Bonds. He had more iconic things like the comedic aspect that he had yeah. more than anybody else. And he added those little Roger Moore flavors. Well, if you look at it, if you go from his first movie, Live and Let Die, to uh, then you had The Man with the Golden Gun, which I could still see uh, Sean Connery doing yeah. The Man with the Golden mm-hmm. Gun because it was still that kind of... Now, Spy Who Loved Me followed that one up, and that's when you almost see a cinematographic... I don't even know what the word for it is, but you see a change in the way they're actually filming the movies yeah. to start molding around the Roger Moore character and what yeah. he's bringing. They mm-hmm. brighten the movie up; it's less dark, yeah. and it's more uh, more colorful and more bright to follow his comedic presence. Yeah, and I tell you one thing: Roger Moore had more than any other Bond is he had the more flirtatious. That's what I'm saying. Uh, he had the suave side. He yeah. had that down pat. Like he was the woman. He was more the womanizer type. Bond Absolutely. Than but Sean there's Connery. another way to look at that. Ask any woman in the world, and they will tell you. Sean Connery. Sean Connery. Well, Sean is Connery. sexier than. Uh, but that's the thing, though. Roger, so Roger Moore had to be that way. Roger Sean Connery Moore, walked into the room and like. Sean Connery is. The Sean more Connery didn't have to make an effort. Sean, just, I mean, Sean Connery didn't have to do anything. He's like The Rock. He just had to raise his eyebrow, and the women are like, oh. Exactly. But if you look, Sean Connery's the more aggressive. He grabbed oh, yeah. women by the shoulders. Like, he would grab them. I would be like, damn. But that was God. also a different time. It was it a was. different time, but he would grab them and, like, bring them over and, like, force them to do stuff. And I'm like, man, oh, all right, calm down. That would not fly today. No. Uh, no. I would like to see him do that to Zinnia on a top and see how that would have worked. That would that would work out great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, did you mention your least favorite? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lazenby. All right, so let's move on to our favorite. Who is your favorite? Let's start with you, Ryan. Who is your who is Bond to you? Pierce Brosnan, mm-hmm. hands down for me, because whenever Love I it. saw Goldeneye, that's who hung. You know, that's what started Bond for me. I dig it. Pierce Brosnan had everything I thought a Bond yeah. should have. He had the look, the talk, the walk, whatever you want to say. Pierce Brosnan is James Bond. To He'd me. be mine as well because I mean that's where I started in the realm of uh, uh, in the realm of Bonds. Anyway, was Pierce Brosnan. So in our household, Golden Eyes where you started. Wrong. Yes, it was. Uh, really? Yeah. It, I saw. How is that possible, Jim? I saw Golden Eye, but that's when I went back. <laughs> I think I was gone at that time. At, uh, yes, you were. Um, but you had one job, older brother. One, <laughs> but no, yeah, I saw it was Golden to pass Eye. my college courses at that time. Yes. Okay, you it. win this round. <laughs> it was to sleep and go to college. Um, but yeah, no, that's where I started, and then went back, and that's when, and that's when I uh, uh, st- I started watching. I started with in the old series. I started Goldfinger, um, and uh, moved on from there, and then I yeah started watching all of them. So um, you, you like did y'all y'all are the Bro- I'm not Brosnan over here, but so y'all are the Brosnan fans. Mm-hmm. 
Was there a crappy Brosnan? Bro, am I saying that right? Brosnan. Brosnan. Was there a crappy family? Brosnan. Bowl. When, so you Bowl. got GoldenEye, <laughs> Tomorrow Never Dies, The World Is Not Enough, and Die Another Day. To me, The World Is Not Enough yeah. was the worst was one. Worst Only one. because, and also, just the end line when he's with Dr. Christmas Jones on the balcony. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I'm not going to say it because we'd have to edit it out of this, but yeah. I mean, y'all get what I'm saying. Yeah. That's just like, the, and that, when he said that line, I was just like, what line? No, wait, there's no cussing in it, no, no, is there? Well, whenever he you goes, say it. might be more on the sensual side. I mean, it's suggestive. I mean, he gives her a kiss, and then all of a sudden he's just like, "So I guess it's wrong." Christmas comes twice a year. Yeah, and it's like seriously, <laughs> <laughs> boom. Yeah, like I mean, did you really hey, have to make that? Yeah, he's to me just an epic Bond, and I mean, after that, I'm gonna go with Matt. I gotta say Timothy Dalton. Oh, now see that can boom, I can boom, say boom, different boom. from Matt. I'd, I'd say Roger Moore. <laughs> you like you like Roger Moore? I do. I love Roger Moore. What is it about Roger Moore that that make that you like about his Bond? I don't know. As I just I, going back and watching all the films, I just I, I don't know. I gravitated to him more for some reason. Um, I don't know. I really shake your head all you want to around this hey, table. It just turned me off. I just, hey, hey, no, I'm not, a, <laughs> I'm not a more hater. All that I hater, I just think yeah. he's the the. Best one. That's just, just someone I gravitated to throughout all the Bond. Films. Well, you know, I can see that knowing you because yeah. Roger Moore is the more comedic, comedic one yes. out of it, and you are a comedy. Um, like, I, yes, you know, I love follower. the comedy aspect in everything. So, it's which makes that sense would why make I'm more sense to me with to you, Roger Moore. Absolutely. So, Josh, uh, dare we ask? Um, I actually, are you going to say Lazenby? If so, you need no, to get the no, hell out no, of no. Go ahead and leave. I, I just, <laughs> no, I, I, no, I would not say him. Not even a million years. Uh, Actually, <laughs> my favorite, I, I go back and forth on this a lot. Um, I really like what Daniel Craig has done. I like, I'm more drawn to darker characters. Um, and Daniel Craig has this way of playing, he seems more human to me. He se- he's someone who struggles and he's flawed and he's emotional and he's still figuring out who he is and I really am drawn to those type of characters who struggle which is why for years I loved almost any character like someone like Mel Gibson played. Mel Gibson's good at playing those kind of roles too who are flawed who's trying to find his way and I really like that about him and I really like where he's going with this Um, and then I I guess I'm less on the comedic side of the Bond series than most people which is why I also really like Sean Connery. Sean Connery hands down just he just had the best of both worlds. He could be the Roger Moore type, but he could also be the Daniel Craig. Imagine if Sean Connery played James Bond in today's world mm. with the technology and the cinematography and the yeah. quality of films we have now. I mean, he, we kind of saw a piece of that when he played in The Rock with Nicolas Cage. Mm. He totally, I mean, he was definitely the old, he basically played an older version of himself in that movie, but I don't know. I, I'm really drawn to the darker characters who fight for their own humanity. So I'm, I'm a Daniel Craig, Sean Connery. Guy. Nice. Jim. I'm Daniel Craig all the way. I have bought into Daniel Craig because, oh, yeah. because he embodies what I've always wanted James Bond to be. Exactly. And what I also like about the movies is it brings in an element of, um, realism because mm-hmm. number one, uh, the choreographed fight scenes are just above and beyond anything we've ever seen in any Bond film whatsoever. But there's also that element 
that you don't see in the old Bond movies, and that's Bond can lose. And he's haunted by it. And he's haunted by it. Because, okay, M dies. Therapy Bond. Okay. Which, which him and, and Vespa. And then Bond, oh. in, the, in the beginning of the one movie, Bond gets shot mm-hmm. in uh, Skyfall. Skyfall, yeah. He gets shot, and, you know, we assume dead for a little bit. So it's that whole element that they're bringing to this that Bond actually could lose and the struggles he goes through personally. And then um, I'm not going to say that Daniel Craig is an Academy Award winning actor, but I do like... If he had the right role, he could. He probably could, yeah. but I, the, the, I don't know. The emotion and the realism, the humanity that he brings to the role, I think I'm just completely sold as to what they've done with the new... Well, the it, new, all, it all started with movies. the very first movie, Casino Royale, the very mm. first scene, him giving his getting his double O status. Yeah. From the very beginning, it was a struggle. Yes. And that's what I love about it is, I mean, his first kill, that guy in the bathroom... What did he have to go through to do that? In other Bond films, they would have just used a gadget and he'd have been dead. But, exactly. also, but also, too, you've Bond. got. But, you, <laughs> but, but you've also got um, Spectre, where he is completely operating the entire movie oh, yeah. on an unofficial level. He's yes. not doing anything for MI6. Well, I, that's kind of like do, License to Kill. That was aspect. my favorite, only because it was all him. He had to go by his own skill. He had nothing else to work well, with. Well, he's kind of got a lot of movies well, now. He had Money Penny helping him, and he had uh, Q well, he helping had Q him. on the download, but he didn't low. have full access didn't to have any full of access. the agencies. That, you know, well, but you also had Blofeld, who had infiltrated the entire yeah. Well, look at Skyfall. He, had, he got stripped down all the way down to his roots at his own house using shotguns and Booby traps oh, in a man, house. That was, that was my favorite so part. Of that I mean, movie. I mean, that just shows you just how much. I mean, he did have M and what's his name, Albert Finney. Forgot his character. But name. see, that's the thing but, with my thing with Craig is he's the more action-packed I mean, Bond. He, he took is what no other Bond is because of that one aspect in my. But opinion. see, that kind of goes. That's why. I think that's what I was saying. Action, though, I think it's more than yeah, the action. That's what I'm, there's part of the stories, like I said. That he could actually lose that you did not see in the older Bond movies. Like, you didn't get that element that he could actually lose and die. But I that's think, the thing, but that's writing. Yeah, well, it is, but I think Daniel Craig also, he, I'm going to have to go with Jim on this. It, he's the culmination of what I would want in a Bond film. Each actor has brought something to the character, and each one of them has something that's memorable by. Yes. To me, Daniel Craig is kind of like the culmination of everything we have seen up until this point. He's the action star like Timothy Dalton. He is the suave action star like Pierce Brosnan. He has his own walk, his own version of doing things. He's definitely more there's muscular. Some, there's a tiny little bit of winty banter that yes. goes to the Roger Moore yes. comic side of it. And uh, he's got that he's got that brooding charisma like Sean Connery. I absolutely. Mean, I, I think he embodies he's in everything I've wanted Bond to be. Yes, I and, agree. You know, I oh, no, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. It took I tell you what, when I saw Casino Royale at the theater, mm-hmm. I left there going, eh, but I had to watch it again, like a second time, because mm-hmm. here I am coming off the Pierce Brosnan ones. Mm-hmm. He's my favorite, and then when I saw the first one, I have a friend that just loves Daniel Craig also. Mm-hmm. But when I watched it for a second time on home video, I was like, "All right, I can get behind Casino Royale." Now, Quantum of Solace, I did not. Oh, that was a sophomore slump, hands down. Yeah. But that was yeah. that was this part of the storytelling too. But you had a very you didn't. Have it a had good a good. Villain. It had that the, the with the the girl that he this love interest in, in there. That was a good story arc that was carrying across. Yeah. The, sto- the, the villain in Diabolical Plan. Kind I was of sold one. on Skyfall. Didn't mm-hmm. we watch that one? Maybe. Kind of, I, I no, know. no, because I watched them all. Because I was when Daniel Craig came out. I have to admit, I was one of the boycotters against yeah, Daniel right. Craig. 
Gee, are you seeing a pattern here, George Lazenby? <laughs> are you no, seeing it a pattern? Because, it's because of the typecasted right. uh, Daniel Craig, you know, actiony type. I was like, ah, oh, no. It's a, he's going to have terrible acting now. I, Jim, Jim showed him to me, and I stand corrected. I do love the Daniel Craig movies. I think, I, in my opinion, they are a different Bond it brings it like it restarted Bond. Now we have the. This is to like the Star Wars movies. Mm-hmm. These are today's Bonds. Yes, these are what the kids who will become and Bond they've changed. Fans. And with these new stories, they've kind of changed a little bit of the backstory too. Yes, right. exactly. To start to it start off, a new and they're bringing era. more culture into it to get more fans. I mean, look at Spectre. They started off in Day of the Dead, and just seeing that opening scene, opening which scene, took like a million yeah, years. That's and one man, of my favorite scenes ever. Scene. But that whole thing, watching it, I was like. Man, now I really want to go see Day of the Dead in Mexico City. And I the, want to go down the there. Fa- yeah. oh, man, I want that whole awesome. outfit he's wearing. Is that Armani? I mean, <laughs> do I need to buy that? I mean, it was Jim actually that told me to try out the Daniel Craig's again. Like, because yeah. he was all about Daniel Craig. Respect. And I was like, we don't agree on George Lazenby. I was like, respect. I don't know. <laughs> I was like, I, I just can't. And I remember him was just like, just give it another try. You gotta watch it. Just sit down. And then, yeah, they got much better. Like Skyfall is unbelievable. Yeah, I, uh, I Jim showed him. Jim made me watch the first one. <laughs> I came over to his house. He was like, man, he was telling me about the newest Bond that came out, and he was like, did you see it? I was like, no. I, and I was like, I okay, well, I know what we're doing right now. He was like, well, the, he played it. well, the other thing doing. they're doing is that they're actually bringing us back to the Bonds we know. Because look at the little things they're doing here and there to to remind us. Like, let's face it, the infamous BMW. Yeah. No, 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 no. The Aston Martin DB5. That's what, I'm sorry, that's what I'm, I don't know why I said. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. BMW, what am I talking about? Yes, the Aston Martin. They keep bringing that back, and you're, that's like the Bond car. Everybody knows that car, and they keep yes. bringing it back. It got shot up in Skyfall. And it was the original Aston Martin. Right? Yeah. It's yeah. the original. Yeah. That's I just the original. watched Spectre last that is night. the Bond car. The DB5 yeah. is the Bond car. Yeah. I, I'm going to say. That's sexier than any Bond girl out there. I'm going to say Timothy Dalton was my favorite because... I, I, you know, growing up a comic book fan, Timothy Dalton was the more comic book type Bond, in my opinion, because he had the best banter with villains when he, you know, came across them. He had the action. So it was almost like, you know, the Batman Bond, you know, because he had more gadgets to work with. He used gadgets more. He, when, to me, his accent was the perfect Bond accent and like you know the way he he had a mix between Roger Moore and Sean Connery when he came towards the Bond girls he had that aggressiveness but he had also in moments he had that very flirtatious so he mm-hmm. to me he was like a mix but he was the most animated Bond he was the most I didn't have to think that hard with this Bond because it was all there, like he was. It was. It's like reading a comic book. Right. I don't have to put that much thought into it. Right. Now I will say that, like with Craig, with the Craig ones, you have to think. You know, like, but that's yes, yes. You have there's it's more. A, there's a deeper element. There's, that's what I love about, about him. Like there's that. more detail. And with but with Timothy Timothy Dalton, it was a more animated Bond that I could get on board with because when those came out, I was you know like you know comic books. Comic book movies, Batman, cheese, cheese ball. I'll, I love that. Type I'll give of you stuff. Timothy. I'll give you. The, I mean, he's my least favorite, but I will give you the, what you're saying about him. But t- you got to remember too, Timothy Dalton also had a kind of a leg up on it because he was Remington Steel right. on TV for a long time. Well, exactly. But well, that's where his. Uh, and I liked Remington well, Steel, the, but I didn't um, really 
buy him his bond. But see, some people would say the same about Pierce Brosnan, that he had a leg up because GoldenEye, which a lot of people, some people believe that was his best Bond film, was GoldenEye, was actually written for Timothy Dalton. Yeah, yeah. It was written for Timothy Dalton. Dalton. uh, I I can't remember why he didn't get into that one. Right. Like there was, it was either a schedule conflict or not enough money. There was a disagreement in there. Yeah, they. That's why Pierce Brosnan. That's his most action-packed one because it was written for Timothy Dalton. Yeah, and he had to jump into that role, which he did very well. Obviously, he made five what five films. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, and he's celebrated as one of the best Bonds now, but. He kind of had a little bit of a I'm ashamed to say this because Timothy Dalton, before any Bond, I can't see anybody else but Pierce Brosnan in GoldenEye. That, well, yeah. yeah. Anybody else, anybody else would have, oh my God, it would have ruined it. (laughs) All right, hey, let's move it along. Let's, Let's make this one quick. I know. We, um, oh man, the the like if there's any bonds that haven't played Bond that you let's pick one, let's pick one. I I I have a list. Are we doing this now? I thought this was later on in the schedule. No, it's right here because we're talking about. Yeah, I thought we were on Bond villains. No, we're on favorite and least favorite bonds. Formatting problems. Oh, okay, I got you. Yes. Uh, So, is there someone who hasn't? Played Bond. No, uh, the later uh, is um, the, the plot. Like, yeah, the, the plot own, with gotcha. your favorite Bond. Gotcha. I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, so just one. I, I have a list, but I'm going to pick one. Idris so Elba. we can do what? Idris Elba. Idris Elba. Yes, it, that not, is a good. My one. God, he needs to play Bond, but he won't. John Ham. John Ham. Nice. Mm, can he do the British Ooh. accent though? Because he's a he could definitely do that New York. Let me tell type you, of, it'd be uh, nice to see an American pull it off because I'm you know the Brits are coming over here and taking some really good roles. You got, <laughs> you got Henry Cavill playing Superman. You had uh, I think that's John. True. I think John Hamm's just got a swab about him, man. I think he could pull it off. Even the action, he, I think he's in good shape to pull it off. He, he wouldn't looks be, the part. He wouldn't be sure. a jacked Daniel Craig, but I think he's going to be that more realistic. He could pull off the action, but still have that suave, mm-hmm. you know, woman's man type thing going on. Who would you say, Josh? Oh, Who I, out there hasn't played Bond that should I play am Bond? I in 150 million percent agreement with Brian. Idris mm-hmm. Elba, I know that's a bandwagon thing out there, but I am, I'm driving that train. Okay. He needs to play Bond. If, he needs to play the stereotype. It, he would be my first pick, but if he did it, I would so buy into it. I mean, there'll be, con- there'll be controversy because I'm, that's the world we live I'm, in. I'm, he would be there phenomenal. would be controversy, but I'm going to play devil's advocate. I, I would be, my backup would be Henry Cavill. I'm going to play devil's advocate. I'm going to say Eldris Alba right now is too old. If you'd have picked him nine how, how years ago. How old is he? He's late 40s. So is John Hamm. So is Daniel Craig. And so is Daniel Craig right now. But you know, but Daniel Craig even said Daniel Craig's fifty, and John Hamm I think is forty. And Daniel Craig even said as he gets older, he's got more stunt doubles doing some of this stuff now. But he's still Bond. I mean, it's just that's Hollywood. But Idris Elba, I'm just I love Idris Elba. I'm so man. Everything he's except for Dark Tower, that movie. I haven't seen it yet. You know, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. Well, I've read well number one the books go on forever and they tried to cram everything into one movie oh see that, that turns me off a lot the books are too epic mm-hmm. I haven't seen the movie <laughs> they did not I, haven't seen the movie. I haven't seen the movie for they that particular reason I've read the books sorry that's another whole conversation yeah I know but how, about, anyway. how about you Ryan Ildur Selva hands Ildur down Selva? hands down nice after Luther watching Luther on Netflix mm-hmm. all his films and just him and 
perfect James Bond. I I would love to have a campaign for that. So you're saying this is the one thing we all agree on? No, I... Oh, thanks, Matt. Wait, wait to blow that one. What, on Ildris oh, Elba? I had John Hamm. Oh, that's right. But on I can Ildris see him. No, I can see him. I, I, I saw not, a shining light there I'm not for arguing the Ildris right. Elba. I think he could do it. I, I think, agree yeah, with you on I John Hamm also. I'm a huge Ildris, except for, you know, he's got a few, but I love him as an actor. So who's yours, Matt? Uh, Army Hammer. I think with Army Hammer, because if you look at... Um, um, the movie he did with uh, Henry Cavill, uh, the that uncle, that yeah. uncle, and uh, other movies that he has played, he you know he's got. I think he's got the right look. He just can't be blonde. Like I know Daniel Craig is the oh, lightheaded blonde. Yeah. Okay. He, okay. He's got but, the look, but he's a little too boyish for me. But he's the young. He could be the young Bond. He could be the yeah. He could definitely be a younger Bond. He could be the young Bond. He could. He would not. He would not be the action. Bond. I, I can't really see him being the actor. I don't like want to lose Craig. that. I yeah, I don't either. I don't want to lose that. They've taken Bond to a place I really like, and I don't want yes. them to go hey, back I'll, on that. I'll say in Army Hammer, like in his also, him being young, I mean, he could carry the franchise for, for so while. many years. That's Unless he, he could train. He could, they could train. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I could, I could buy into that. But I really tried to find somebody that was young that could carry the franchise for a while, and I just really couldn't. What about like, Tom agree. Hardy? How old is he? He's in his forties too. Yeah, I just he was action. Yeah, but he would take the Daniel Craig action brooding thing to another to a new level. I mean, which would be interesting. He would definitely be one that he's on the. I think he would be a more. I think it would even get darker. Oh, he would have to be. He's so good at playing that. He would be someone who's like on the edge of his rope. Okay, give me an honorable mention. We got through that pretty quick. Give me an honorable mention. Y'all have one on your list. Mm -hmm. I don't. Uh, Tom Hardy I, was my honorable mention. Hang on, I got one. I just can't remember his name. I'm thinking about it. Y'all are going to disagree. Yeah, I'm going to say, uh, uh, not Jason Statham, because I think that's one we no. were talking about. No. You don't think I, Jason Statham? No. He could be a way better action no. star than Craig ever could. But you know who I, he could not bring the emotional no. side to no. it. You know who I'm going to say? I, I, that's you all he's seen, got. Have you not seen Transporter? Absolutely. Or... Um, Absolutely, the, the mechanic. mechanic. I've seen a lot of his films, and I yeah. do not believe the he could ever pull off is, a James Bond. The mechanic ever. is all ever. emotion. Ever, ever, I ever. totally disagree. Ever. Totally. No if I had a button, I would totally. I'm gonna go. I gotta say, and I'm sure gonna get disagreed on this. Ron Gosling. I think you are an idiot. You are an idiot. <laughs> I mean, that's you're fine. Right. That's fine. I got to go Ron Gosling. Ryan if I could go all Gosling. time, um, my back pocket would be Christian Bale. You can pick up your yes. uh, you can, you <laughs> can pick Bale, up your definitely. female card at the door on your way out. <laughs> I got to say, yeah, Ron Gosling. Ryan Gosling. No, he's too pretty. Yep. He's too pretty to be a Bond. Well, some people would say the same about Idris Elba, too. No. Just ask my uh, wife. He's no. got a he's not between the two. <laughs> between Idris and Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling would just stare yeah. at people. Yeah. After La La Land, I expect him to break out. It would out be bland too. You'd probably I'm bond. <laughs> All right, let's go to Bond villain. Who? Yeah, yeah Bond villain. This was a hard one for me, man. We got those, but that one, one up. This would take forever. No, this particular segment could take forever. Oh yeah, this it could. Yeah. Same it could. Forever. But no, this, this is with Bond villain uh, was a hard one for me because so many. I think there were more iconic Bond villains. Mm-hmm. Oh, hands than down. you know anything else. Yeah, but than Bond girls. Uh, I'm going. To, I'm gonna. I'll start. Uh, I think Goldfinger 
Yeah. Was That's my mine. Auric Goldfinger. My, he, now, now, why? I want to hear why, though. Uh, I think I know where you're going with this. I got, I got several reasons why. One is because he's the biggest smartass in all the Bond villainry. Because anything Sean Connery had to say, he had a quip to come back. <laughs> Even when... Uh, in that scene where Sean Connery was on the laser table, the lasers oh, yeah. coming I up. Expect you to I die. want you to yeah. die. I expect you to die. I expect you to die. But like as simple as that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and you know, in the way he and he would plan everything out, and then it would go according to plan until the end and of he, the movie. And he was also not so. He was the only Bond villain that uh, Sean Connery went up against that was not associated with Spectre. That's correct. Exactly. He was my favorite because he has my favorite henchman of all time. Oh, odd job. Odd job. Oh, odd job. No odd job. No odd job. <laughs> Who throws a shoe? Honestly. <laughs> I thought he called him odd job. Um, what? Oh. In, the, in there, they called him odd ball. Oh, yeah. Oh, odd job. Who throws a shoe? Honestly. Um, what about Jaws? You brought up a good point, yeah, though. Jaws. Yeah, Jaws is on Jaws. Jaws. But he's a henchman. Exactly. He's not a villain. He's not a villain. Some of the villains are only as good as their henchmen. I like too. the henchmen more. <laughs> um, yeah, but, I mean, henchmen. Yeah. yeah. But another one of my favorites, and I agree, the movie, not the one of the best movies, but I could still watch it, and I loved it. I loved his character, but Christopher Walken is Max Zorin. Give me a freaking break a over here. Kill. Yes. Chris, that yes. is one Chris. Uh, okay. Christopher Walken, one of the greatest actors of all time. You watch Mouth. Plays <laughs> this piece of crap. Is that a fact? Is that a fact? A view to a kill. It, and you know, the only reason it made that co- that character cool was because it was Christopher Walken. You are an idiot. <laughs> Did you I, <laughs> I, I totally disagree with that. I everything about a view to a kill was just so bad to me. Even 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 Christopher Walken, I he he, he could not save it for me. So yeah, I you're looking for a button, yeah. Films. You're not gonna find again. It. I not one of my top favorite films, but I could still watch it, get enjoyment out of it, and one of my favorite villains. I hate you all so much. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree with Jim. He's my favorite. I mean, well, he's a nutcase. He is a nut guy. Nut I case. mean, nut complete. Job. So nut you're job. saying Christopher Walken? Oh, hands down. What was his What was his name? Uh, uh, Max, Max Zorin. Max Zorin. But you know, sorry, who Max was Zorin. close though was Sean Bean and Goldeneye. I mean, yeah, I thought below six. Man, yeah, that guy. Yeah. But Christopher Walken. Just, I like He's that. a nut job. I like that element. Yeah, that element of, of that him was being an one actual friend was turned agent. foe. Was it's actually ba- pretty his cool. character is basically 006 was basically just think about it like. 006 is basically the character that Bond could have been. It's as simple as that. He made a couple of different choices. That's why it was so good. It was him in a different world. That's all it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like Jim was saying, like Max, like he killed his own henchman, didn't yeah. care. Yeah. Instead of a bomb, what did he want to use? A nuke. Yeah. He's nuts. He like nuts. I think He's he was nuts. great. Give me the nuclear codes. Whatever. <sighs> Freaking Christopher Walken. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm I. Did, Josh, who is who is your um, favorite? Well, kind of, we kind of hit on this a little bit. I have a small little list here, but it's only because some of these villains are just not the same without their counterparts, their henchmen. And there's just some you cannot overlook. We mentioned 006. Uh, I, I think Alec I know what Josh is going to say. But Alec Trevelyan was awesome, but you had Xenia on a top with him the whole time. And oh, I'm like, okay. that's a good one-two combination. Wow. Um, okay, no, he but, didn't say what I But thought. honestly... Uh, I, I brought it down to some of the newer stuff. Ernst Blofeld, oh, okay. played by Christoph Waltz. 
Oh, hauntingly yes, great that character. Was great, the only thing that stunk about that was that he only he had less than fifteen minutes of screen time in the whole film, and I think he is such a good actor. He could have used him more. There is a rumor. Oh, please tell me he's coming back. That he could be that his death could have been tricked and faked. Well, he didn't he, die. Yeah. Well, and let so me ask. Let me ask you this: since he you could say, be coming back, but he's still not my favorite. Let me ask he's you up this: there. Oh, he's on, number two. Let's do the favorite. Uh, no, that was your favorite, right? No, that was my number two. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. My number one was, uh, let's see, uh, Raul Silver, played by Javier Bardem and Skyfall. Yes. You know why? Because to me, if you look at everything he did and what he did to the MI6 and to London, he is essentially he, got away with a lot, man. he is that, the Joker of James Bond. I'm gonna go, he I, caused chaos. I'm going to skip ahead of you a little bit. That's my favorite diabolical plan. Yes. Because it's so uh, real. It yes. was the revenge plan of M getting back at M for what she she did to him. It was not necessarily a destroy the world thing. It no. was all a revenge to get back at M. And like and I was saying, sense. everything he did just reminded me so much of Heath Ledger's Joker in uh, The Dark Knight. And the Joker is by far my all-time favorite villain of any yeah. series. He was a new time. level of crazy. He was. And everything he did just, to me, screamed psychotic uh he had it was all diabolical it was planned down to the detail and you never saw it coming the scene where he takes that piece out of his that mouth that was it yeah. that oh was it oh my god that's when it sensed when it he had me. the dark the deeper voice look at your work you exactly know? oh man so would you say that same one what's that the villain that uh what was was <laughs> yeah raul silva raul silva he was my favorite he's my favorite villain yes. and my favorite diabolical plan. diabolical yes. plan I mean, everything he did, every time he, I even heard him speak about his plans what he was doing, it reminded me of the Joker saying, you know, introduce a little anarchy. Anarchy, yeah. And everything just goes crazy. You know? <laughs> and I'm like, I mean, he did that to the Bond series. Yeah. He made it real. He got them where it hurts. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So who is your least favorite? We all know mine. Friggin' Max Zorin over here. Christopher Walken. Jeez Louise. All right. So least favorite. I got to go. Brad Whitaker, Joe Don Baker. Do you remember him? See, exactly right there. <laughs> what? Joe Don Baker. Do mm-hmm. you remember him? What movie? Um, yeah, you got to refresh my memory here because the name is not coming up in my database of brain cells over here. See, that's the thing. Like, I'd say that midget was pretty terrible. I have that. Well, I have knickknack, but that—that's the uh, knickknack. The midget. Yeah, yeah that's oh the. God. He's the. He's but he—he's a, he's he's a, a henchman. henchman. In the yeah, command of the golden gun. Yeah, but still, yeah. So I, I just apparently love and hate henchmen. I don't really care about the villain too much, <laughs> babe. But that's your own thing. But yeah. that's that's another thing that's come that's oh. been expected in Bond. Films. It's true. Now the, some of them went henchmen, away from that. Yeah. However, I will. They're the people that fall through with yeah. the plan. When it comes to the villain itself, I will agree with you guys on. The what the one you were talking Ralph about, Silva. yes, because yeah, well played. And at the end, when Jim was talking about, he takes the piece out of his mouth. Oh, ah, yeah. I mean, it's Harvey. Living daylights. Yeah, living that's daylights. Okay. The I mean, name that's the thing. wasn't registering. Okay, I got. Like you. when I'm looking up like villains, because you have to go back for a while with James Bond because they're gonna slip your mind. And when I came across Brad, one I don't like Joe Don Baker, never have, whatever. But I was just like, I forgot about him. There's probably a reason I forgot yes. about him. Then I watched mm-hmm. clips and was like. There's yeah. a reason, because he's the worst <laughs> villain I ever saw. Man, okay. Josh, who was your least favorite? Um, I had a few that kind of stuck out to me, but they're for different reasons. Uh, Ernst Stavro Blofeld, played by Charles Gray. 
Uh, I know there's been that's different the versions. But that's the one that he has like a really flat face and he talks like yeah. this with his cat and everything. Um, I thought Donald Pleasance did a much better job, um, but he was more of the comical side. Uh, Gustav Graves and Die Another Day, played by Toby Stevens, just got on my nerves. Uh, oh, I mean, yeah. they, they basically took a an Asian guy and made him into whiteface. And, and, I mean, that's basically what they did surgery so he can be a white guy. And, and when he became a white guy, he just became a spoiled brat. And it's really got it was really a turn off for me. But one of them that really stuck out to me was Aristotle Christados. Um, he was played oh, by man. Julian Glover. I like that. I like His him. whole plan was foiled by a talking parrot. <laughs> he is the only Bond so, villain that's been I foiled by a animal. Okay, so I have a website that I can send you guys about all the diabolical plans and how they're all terrible. Yeah, I'd like oh, to that. Interesting. Um, but his diabolical plan, another stupid one. But I liked his character though. The his character was plan okay. Was awful. But, eh. Um, my least favorite was uh, Elliot Carver, played by Jonathan Price in Tomorrow Never Dies. I did not buy into that at all. I think I mean, in today's world, it'd been more relevant. The media, right? Yes, that yes. to get to yeah. get the people to now, work see, against themselves. Yeah, yeah, in today's world, I think you could build on that. We're a lot more connected now than we were when that movie came out. It, like they switched it more on the social media side of things. Yeah, I think that could work. But they have to do I it mean, right. But it's, it's just his character. I didn't yeah. buy his character yeah. in that. I mean, he's done a lot of great acting. Oh, yeah. I just, I, when I, I think of him, it. I think I didn't of buy the, it. the little computer he carries around with mm-hmm. him, like the entire yeah. movie. Like, and he's just like staring at 16 screens and he can absorb all that information. Uh, we say this BS over here in China. Hey, say this BS over here in Israel, uh, blah, blah, blah. And then he'll go carrying that and tell Bond his entire plan. Yeah. Uh, he wasn't my favorite, but I like the media aspect of it. Like like Josh said, you could totally use that today. And we totally uh, overlooked Terry Hatcher in that film, by the way. I never overlooked Terry Hatcher in anything. I just didn't mention well, we Bond. Just didn't mention really. <laughs> They overlook you. Okay, it's going to so, be my ringtone now. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you've already said your favorite diabolical plan, uh, which was the, the Skyfall. The Skyfall. Skyfall. I'm in agreement with him 100%. So you uh, think you, that, that is awesome. your favorite? Yes. That is a good yes. one. What, uh, do you have a favorite diabolical I, I, plan? I, I, I was like saying earlier, I agreed with him. That just uh, see, that I was like Christopher Nolan stuff right there. Yeah. See, I think, I think Goldfinger's yeah. got the best one, only because... He took something that was very important to the people, and he was trying to steal it. And then when he couldn't steal it, he was going to ruin it. So his gold would be the most uh, valuable gold on Mm -hmm. Earth. He definitely had backup plans. I love love gold. gold. I love gold. gold. And it was kind of like the spoiler thing. Be like, well, if I can't steal it, I'm going to ruin it. And he already had a plan for a plan that ended with a plan. And once again, he he wasn't associated with Spectre. Spectre. So, I mean, he was a standalone guy. Yeah. Of course, he had odd job. So everybody here, job, did, did you agree with the? I agree with them. The, like hands down, like yeah, that was a really yeah. I liked but, it. I liked how you know it wasn't your typical Bond. It plan. wasn't the and over it wasn't embellished. Really, I'm going to destroy the world and take over the uh, world. And it was it, a real. It, and once you know, again, it you was could get behind. And, and it once wasn't again, really a plan. And once again, like I said, I'm I'm drawn to stories like that where people are brought brought down to their lowest point and have to fight their way back. He did yeah. that to MI6. He, yeah, did, he did that to the Double O's. Yep. 
And do you, you and think took him out in the process? Yep. Do you think there's the worst diabolical plan? Yes. You, you would mm-hmm. probably say mm-hmm. the least, the, the, the horrible the diabolical, most the horrible diabolical. Okay, plan. so the the worst one I thought because I had to look through a lot of these because there are a lot of bad. Yeah, there really are. When you start diving into what the actual plan is, yes, I think the for me the worst one was from Russia with love. Spectre devises a plot. Uh, to steal top secret cryptograph device from the Soviet Union and sell it back to them. That was the whole plot of the movie. And the only other thing they were looking for is to assassinate James Bond in the process for killing Dr. No from the Dr. No movie. Mm. But their but their whole plan was to steal a cryptograph from the Soviet Union and sell it back to them to get some money. Whole plan. Man. I'd say mine. Is it Tomorrow Never Dies where Bond was captured and imprisoned for a year? Uh... By the it was it the Chinese government or the Korean government? I think you're right. It, I think it's that one, but that one was the worst because it was just him getting revenge. You know, it started well, out. That's what License to Kill was. Yeah, but it was all about that, and then he fell into a diabolical plan, and oh, okay. it was, and then it ended up being the the the, th- the theft of diamonds, and that ended up being the thing, and he fell into it only because he was searching out the traitor. That got him arrested, and it ended up being a part of the theft that was a point of the movie. And then, boom, he stops it. It saves the day, and it's the end of the movie. I just think was it, that it wasn't. Tomorrow never dies, or die another. I don't know. Day? It's whatever one that he got captured. I don't remember which I one. Think I think it was die another day. Die another day. Is that the one with the car that can be in? It was the one with Michelle Yeoh. Is that die? Oh, that's tomorrow never dies. Tomorrow never dies. Yeah, it's tomorrow never dies. Um. So any others? Any any other? Uh, my worst diabolical plan came from, and I'm a huge Daniel Craig fan. I've established this, but Quantum of Solace, um, the character of Dominic Green, um, his ultimate plan is basically to gain control of most of Bolivia's water supply in order to make his own company the sole water supply for the country. I'm sorry, that's just pretty bland compared to some of the other things. Even as outlandish <laughs> as we have seen, and some of the things that are completely unbelievable. He's going for part of the water supply. Why not just take it all? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that would sound more of a, like a Bond villain. He just wants to take m- most of it. Yeah. And that yeah. was pretty... I mean, I know there was some underlying things there with Spectre and things. We're still trying to figure out who Spectre is in that film. But mm-hmm. I'm like, really? That's that's it? So listen listen to this one. This goes back to your favorite, On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Oh, God. Um, so the, the whole... Never said it was my favorite. So the whole... I'm just, I'm just giving you crap. The, the whole plot, Spectre... Uh, uh, brainwashes 12 women in his alpine lair and unleashes them onto the world My lair. to unleash germ warfare that will sterilize all grains and livestock just so he can get amnesty for his past crimes. Epic fail. <laughs> what? That's the plot of the movie. That's the, that's the diabolical plan. His, Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> Epic fail. <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that. Yes. Okay. What was yours, Ryan? What was your least? What was your? I mean, after going back, it's still living daylights. Man, I want I you to punch okay, your hold face. On, hold on, hold on. Listen, listen. <laughs> Not only did he have the worst Bond villain name, Brad. <laughs> Watch out! It's Brad. Dun, Man, dun, think dun, about dun, that. Dun. My mother calls me Bradley. <laughs> but honestly, I want you to sit right here because Timothy Dalton's your favorite, right? Mm-hmm. What was the what was the plan in Living Daylights? What was his diabolical plan? To be uh, Brad. It's been a while since I've watched it. No, I, but, I mean that's the thing. Like I couldn't even remember. Like and plus his name just 
Brad. Did, I, mean, did, I can't remember. Did he at least have a Batman-type voice? No. Hello, my name is Brad. Okay, so Ooh. I have the diabolical what plan from the Living Diabolites. Between General Koskov uh, and Whitaker, yeah, the, the, Soviet, general, yeah. the Soviet Union, General Koskov uh, general teams up with loony American arms dealer Whitaker to, <laughs> and unstoppable <laughs> killing machine Necros. Their complicated scheme involves buying opium uh, from Afghan rebels... Using stolen diamonds and fueling the money back to Whitaker in exchange for weapons. See, that sounds really complicated. <laughs> to me, this is uh, with this, it uh, you know, with that has a lot of detail in it, more detail than the one I just read off, where it just ended up in revenge and he just happened to fall into a plot. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was sleeping during that. Brad Whitaker sounds like something. Out you of suck, yeah, jackass. <laughs> Brad. All right, so let, let's. Uh, let, we pretty much just said. Uh, our, I, I'm gonna go down to this segment. We've pretty much said our favorites, haven't we? Yeah, like, yeah, we yeah, you know, much. like I, I would say Goldfinger. Movie. Yeah, like our favorite movie. Oh no! No, you you want to you want to say I'm gonna say Goldfinger overall. Goldeneye. Goldeneye. What's that? Favorite movie? Favorite Bond movie. Skyfall. Skyfall. Yeah, I'll yep. say Skyfall. You would say Skyfall. Casino Royale. Which one? Sixty-seven. Oh, Daniel Craig, of course. Okay. Okay. Oh, I'm so <laughs> hey, we gotta clarify you now have to clarify. because the, I mean the whole uh, movie was based it evolved around a poker game, which is something you know they've had games in the past, but the drop. The drama around that poker game with the villain Lashif, who almost made my list, by the way, was yeah. just so good. And, and once again, it was Bond becoming Bond. So, and, yeah. and it also too, you know, the gambling aspect and it's kind of been like a small portion, but this became the whole yes. element of the movie, yes. which was really interesting. But very close second, like like within millimeters, would be Skyfall. <laughs> Skyfall, yeah. Goldeneye would be my honorable mention. After that would be mine as well. Goldeneye is up there in my top five. Well, you know, Goldeneye, in my opinion, started our bonds. That's okay. Plus, how you many know, hours? if you yeah. go by generational bonds, yeah, Goldeneye started ours, just like uh, what was Casino Royale, the new one of that's the crazy. Yes, that's the that started like this generation's yes. bonds. Yes, Goldeneye for our generation was the start off. Plus, let's just go ahead and say it. How many hours did we all spend playing the video game? Goldeneye? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, Goldeneye will always hold a special place in my heart. No odd job. No odd job. <laughs> that, that's our I that's would, our chance. No odd job. I hated Golden Gun, too. Of course, I was the nerd. Because I always lost. I was <laughs> the nerd, and Matt can back me up on this. I was the nerd every time people would come over to play on my 13-inch color screen TV. And it was split. Four players. Four split players. screen on Nintendo so 64. literally it was like I would two have, and a half inches. I would totally be that nerd that had soundtrack music playing in the background. Like, we'd be listening to the soundtrack Crimson Tide while we play. Oh, yeah, wow. I'm that nerd. Wow. So, and, and then Matt would say things like, uh-oh, he's got the music on. We're dead. <laughs> yes, you are. So let's take, let's take a little vote. I, I, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to... We're not going to do a real... Because we pretty much hit old versus new. Let's do mm-hmm. a vote. On what we think is the better, so the the old Bonds, and this is counting Brosnan back towards the reboot, which is Daniel Craig, and wherever it could go, could possibly go. Mm. So Ryan, let's start with you. Old or new? Older reboot. Let's say that older reboot. 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 Yep. Josh. Oh, reboot. 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 I'm the only one that's old. Wow. I'd rather, but only because those are those are my Bonds. Well, it's They're like we were talking about. Bonds. Well, it's all it's what we we're talking about. Other. 
these movies have become what we've wanted Bond to be. Yes. And so I've, I'm totally bought in. See, and I thought Bond was already where he should be, and they could have kept it going. <laughs> I, you know, I'm the only one. But, hey, but, let's, but, see, not, but yeah. you also got to look at what Bond has done for movies in general. Movie, The new Bonds are also... Look at the things that are being built off of it. That's why you have competition from the Bourne movies, from the Mission Impossibles, who have all kind of done the same thing. They're going darker. They're going more... The stakes are higher. It's a lot more Actually, emotion into it. You've got it. another element coming out. You've got a comedic element coming out in The Man from Uncle. Man from Uncle. Yeah. And Ian Fleming was didn't originally write that, but was brought in um, to um, uh, talk to, or um, I don't know, educate the guys on and create and creation and whatever. Words. For, yeah, English is escaping <laughs> me at this point, but he was brought in. For the original TV series creation, um, to help them out with that, so there is a tie-in with Ian Fleming to the Man from Uncle. But the Man from Uncle, the new reboot of it, mm-hmm. which they are making another movie, and they're probably going to have more. I like it. It's more of a comic feel. It's it's action, but comedy because of them two playing off of each other. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I don't I don't know if you knew this about Man from Uncle is that when it started as a TV show, it continued on as a comic book. And I have some. Oh, of I didn't know that. Yes, no. I have some of the comic books, and it went for years. Wow. And they used, uh, they reused pictures from the mm-hmm. TV show oh, nice. as the pictures nice. for the comic book, nice. and it went on for years. I have, I have the first uh, Man from Uncle, uh, Uncle comic book. I don't have the series. Those are because they're old. Uh, those are hard to find, but I do have the very first one. Um, uh, but. Does anyone here? I'm gonna be honest, man. With the with the uh, diabolical plan, uh, this you know I, I would think Jim and Josh would have the more detail. Like I said, because I'm old versus new, so with the with this side being with the new, they would have more detail as into where the the plot would go. Mine would be so simplistic. Only I would want more government conspiracy. And multiple government conspiracies. Is this the question? What di- uh, direction could you take? What What would be your diabolical plan if you could write? Uh, we already know who your oh, bonds would be. Okay. So, what would your diabolical if, plan be if you could create one for? So, this is like if I could write my own bond. What exactly, would it be? but like like summarize like summarize it up. Don't like don't give us like so, a book version. No, no, no. I'm gonna give you cliff notes. I'm gonna give you the like the 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 abridgement. small the abridgement abridged yeah. okay. version. And so here's what I would do. I would take the next Daniel Craig movie, mm-hmm. and at the end of it, I would kill him off. Really? Yes. Oh, interesting. I would kill off Daniel Craig, and you wouldn't really know who did it, okay? He would die, and there would be a responsible party, and it would be like a shadow figure and everything, and you wouldn't really know what it is. So you'd have to come back for the next movie to figure out who it is. Okay. So you come into the next movie, and I'm bringing in my John Hamm character you know and it starts off with him being promoted because you know how they do everything because there's when m gets replaced it's always by someone who has an m in their name and they take the m character all over and it's the same thing there's going to be a new 007 it's not james bond anymore but what if james bond is not his real name it is his real name. It's already been established. What movie is they established that? It establishes it establishes in Skyfall because you see his parents' names, yeah, which are Bond oh, on the gravestone. Okay, on the right, gravestone. Yeah, all right. So you're so, saying a new 007. There's a new 007. No more, no more James Bond. Oh, so mm. he's dead. Moving on. 
and we move on to a new character. So in the new film, we started off, he's getting his double O status. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see him, his, his, it's a big celebration. His, or a big, it's a big event. Yeah. His wife is there with him. You see his wife. And the plot of the movie is MI6 giving him official status to go after Spectre because Spectre is still around. Even though, Ooh. so Blofeld is... You know, we we assume he's you know he's dead or whatever, but Spectre has not died. Spectre is still there, and they know he's still there. They have evidence it's still there, and they give finally give him official status to avenge Bond and go after them on official status. So he spends this whole movie going after them, and after after as he goes through this whole movie, um, he's getting clues, little clues that are leading him to who the leader. Of Spectre actually is now, and at the very end of the movie, uh, it is revealed to him. Let me find my notes here. That um, he finds out that it's a woman, and her name is Francine Blofeld Obenhauser. Oh man! And that wow. would have been James Bond's stepsister, and it's revealed that she orchestrated Bond's death, knew when exactly he would die, and knew exactly who they would replace him with, and is married to John Hamm's character. It's his wife. (laughs) Wow. Mic drop. Mic drop. (laughs) Now, if we see that in theaters next year, it's because it was on this podcast. Uh, Trademark. Trademark. (laughs) (laughs) Man, that's really good. That's yeah. man, that's deep. Man, that would flip the Bond universe upside down and take it a whole other direction. It would be a whole other universe of Bonds, or no longer Bonds. It's it no longer 007's. Bond. It's 007. And but I think we, it, I think it could carry it. I don't think it has to stay James Bond. I think in, it can be the 007 legacy. Carrying I dig it. On. Anybody else got a die bog? I'm going to tell you right now, the only thing I could come up with was multiple government conspiracies. Like, all these governments are working together that are controlling the world to be where it is right now. And M6 and MI6 is so low on the totem, but somehow fall into what the world is coming in. And then Bond finds out and it's like, oh crap, I can't do anything about it. I mean, I, I have my limits, but taking on the uh, world government. Yeah, I can't do. It's not in my arsenal. That's all I could come up with. It's hard to come up with a diabolical plan. Yeah, that was my problem. It's just hard to think about a plan, but Jim's plan kind of, yeah. Yeah, that blew anything I had. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I can Brian, do it you got anything? <laughs> nothing? I'm good. I guess I'm nothing now. How about you, Josh? I know he's uh, got I mean, well, actually, I don't have as much as you think. I, I've been thinking about this for a while, and honestly, I'm having a hard time coming up with something so detailed like Jim did. Um, I think mine would kind of go back to the tomorrow never dies kind of days but in a darker setting where social media is more involved because it's such a big deal now i mean look how yeah. many things are in the news now about is this real news is this fake news is it what's this what's causing this panic let's everybody look over here when this is happening that kind of thing and i'm like there's something there there's something we can do with that but at the same time i would like to see a bond this isn't the diabolical plan but i want to see a film where he is stripped to nothing mm-hmm. he has he has to come back from nothing but we've in every Daniel Craig movie we have seen so far, they've been toying with his past. We yeah. we keep finding out more and more about his past, his childhood, him being an orphan. I would like to know more about that. 
Yeah. I would like to know more about how his parents were, how he became the Bond he was. We've met some characters here and there that have kind of mentioned things that he's done. I want to see something that brings him all the way back from like from nothing. He has no allies. He has nothing at all. Almost like License to Kill in a way. Um, but he has no one. On the other hand, I would like part of me would like to see a finale where he is killed off. I know it's one of those things you just don't do. But it's honestly, I, but I would like Sean Connery to do it as a villain. Ooh. Oh yeah, no, yeah. I would that like to see Sean Connery as the diabolical I villain. Oh, I, I got gooseies over here. I want Sean Connery to be the main villain, and his only diabolical plan is to end Bond in any way, shape, or form. That I love that. Oh idea. my god, I love that idea. That I'm like my my skin is like. Oh. <laughs> I mean, he's retired from acting, but man, wouldn't it be great? Him to come back one last time he to really put that could to only rest. be in there for like five seconds and just be the just guy that walks in. End. That's all you would need. And he could end the whole series. It started with Connery. It ends with, with Connery. Connery. Oh, dude, and I can see it. He's uh, Bond is laying on the floor, and all you see is Sean Connery walk up with a gun. The end. Yep. But you got to see him come face to face. You have to. I mean, or, you have. He has to do the enemy monologue, but still. Or what if it's like. You know he he's laid out on the ground and we think he's dead, and it's got that long camera pause looking at him, and then mm-hmm. we get the twitch. He's alive and he's getting up, double tap, dead, and then he pans up to Sean Connery. I mean, mm, oh yeah, man. man, I mean, I could even That's see Connery. Great, that is brilliant. I, I could even it. see Connery being an ex-agent, kind of like Raul Silver was, but he is in essence Bond as yeah. the old man yeah. Bond. I mean, I'm just I've always. For years, I have wanted to see that. All right, I so it. I dig it. Yeah, man, that Sean Con- man, that <laughs> who I'm gonna awesome. be thinking about that all night, man. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're coming towards the end here. Let's let's get a quick take. Do you think there should be an alternative James James Bond universe where Bond is a female? I'm gonna yes. say no because, and I'm all about female empowerment and giving females really great leads. I was talking to Matt about this the other day and it it doesn't it's not a parallel because it's not a it's not it's not even in the same ballpark but it, you know let's look at Ghostbusters they remade it with female okay great and all you guys are great actors but how about you guys go away and write your own epic tale mm-hmm. and put yourself as the lead in it and I think James Bond I think this the 007 character needs needs to remain it's part of that tradition I think it needs to stay what it is. Yeah. Now, if you want to come up with your own idea of something new mm-hmm. with a female lead in it, an action star, go for it. I'm all about it. But do we need to flip this into a female bond? I, I okay. don't, I let, don't think so. Let me, let me say this, not an alternative story, but what if they did, uh, an origin and career story of agent M before she became mm-hmm. agent M and had her as a double O agent. Dude, that'd be pretty cool. But that way you give the fee, the female lead role. Right. This is way before Bond, so it's not going to connect until yeah. the end. Until the end. So that's basically what they're doing with Harry Potter right now. With exactly. The Fantastic Beast movies. Yeah. Give give like a little origin, and it could be set back in a in an earlier day. It, when it comes to a female Bond, I'm with Jim. I don't think we should have what is called a female Bond. That's just like saying not a Bonita. We have this. We have this whole thing JD going. Let me just hand you over what this man has done. That's not what I would do. Not in today's world either. However, if it were me, and I were to do it, I would have a brand new character. I would market it as its own thing. Yes. Have nothing to do with Bond. 
Now I'm going to drop a major spoiler alert. Anybody here not seen the movie Split? I've seen it. I've seen it. It's a great movie. Okay, spoiler alert for anybody out there. I would do a movie about a female secret agent that would have... It's her origin story, kind of like Casino Royale was for Bond. And we would see her work her way up. She would become this epic thing. And then at the end, realize she's in the same Bond universe. She meets Bond somewhere near the end. And there's, oh, look, there's Bond. He's around too. Oh, okay. Now we got something here. Now they're connected somehow. Yeah. Kind of like they did with Split and Unbreakable. And like in Red Sonja. I never saw that. Yeah. Like with, you know, when... He played the Conan character, but they didn't right. name him Conan. But it was kind of like a, the female meets the male right. of the universe. Kind of like in Split. You ne- you did not under any circumstances even realize it was connected to Unbreakable until the very last yeah. 30 seconds oh, of yeah, the movie where that, you heard yeah. the soundtrack to Unbreakable come on, and then there's Bruce Willis. I mean, yeah. M. Night Shyamalan, genius doing that. And oh, I think God. they could do the same thing with a female-type Bond character and make oh, it all. I mean, I, the question is who would you get to play it in today's world? But that goes back to the yeah. kind of Bond girl you'd yeah, want. Yeah, but, but she would not be a Bond girl. She would def- We would have Bond men, definitely. Or Bond boys. We should just say it right. Yeah, we call Bond them Bond boys. girls. Bond boys. Uh, Bond boys. That's where Ryan yeah. Gosling can fall in. There you go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Bring in the Bond boys. And I'm sure there's a whole list. Let's get some females on here. My wife can probably get a list in like 30 seconds. Access. Spicy meatball. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bond boy. What about what about you, Ron? Do you think there should be an alternative female universe, or do you think it should stick with like how it is? Like you know, like I say, you don't necessarily have to change it. You could yeah. stick with what they got, but you could do like an origin M story, or you know, yeah, I'd, I'd be all right with that. Like a female, ver- you know, female James Bond and. Like I mean, I would be perfectly fine with that. Like Jamie Bonita. Like Jamie, but yeah, why not? Jamie, Jamie Bond, <laughs> something like that. Um, but yeah, definitely have like he said, have the Bond boys. The Bond boys. Bond boys. I think you could. I think you could do it. I just think the Bond movies have been, of course, as Jim said, tradition. The it's always been a man. It's all, and I think it's it's it, you can't. Many people have a hard time even bringing up the aspect of a woman because you can't get the name James Bond out of your head. So, but what yeah. about like movies like Ocean's Eight? I, I don't like it. Uh, no, I, like I, don't, it. I don't like that idea. I haven't now, seen it, now, listen, but I'm totally listen. Follow that's with, another whole thing. Follow with me on this, okay? Do you really think you're empowering women by just putting them in roles that men have already done? I mean, I don't think you are. I no. mean, I think you're trying. I think you're just putting women in the shadow of yes, men. Yes, I agree. I think you need to write their own epic Which tale. Which is why I would do one, like I said, where it's their own tale. Maybe, but then at the end, she's connected. You don't even have to. You just mention. If you want to make a universe. small little universal connection, that's, that's yeah. fine. But the whole Ocean's Eight, it should be Deborah's Twelve or or Thirty Six right. or something. <laughs> I don't know. But I mean, not even following the title. Create your own story. Yeah. Right. And create it with female leads and empower the women not to be in the shadows of men. Yeah, exactly. I think that's where you should go, not just mimicking what men have already done. This right. is putting them that's in those point. places that the, that men have already been in. Yeah, I think that is kind of hurting them. Like, Ocean's 11, 12, now you have 8, and then you'll what's next? You have the... You know the the fabulous five replacing the hateful eight or something. <laughs> Ocean's two and a half because it's the only guys I can get on my team. Yeah, yeah. you were picked last. Other time, ones had you? play dates. No, I wasn't. <laughs> uh, so let's let's uh, let's do closing thoughts. Is there anything we haven't talked about? I want to say just as a closeout. I tell you one of the things I loved 
Uh, I don't know if anybody here do you, does anyone else remember the James Bond Jr. cartoon in the yes. 90s? Of course, yeah. I, I loved that. that cartoon. It was it was because it, it, it helped us as kids yeah, become a part of the Bond Jr. universe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I don't remember how it's been so long, but I don't remember how he was. I mean, obviously he was James Bond's son in somehow, but I bet they didn't go into too much detail of how that became because yeah. of the adult version of James Bond and how <laughs> slutty he is, yeah. you know, and how many women he slept with. But either way, it gave us a chance to be the kid James Bonds mm-hmm. and get in that universe. Anybody else got any closing thoughts um, in the James Bond world? I've got a couple of things. I mean, I kind of brought this up earlier, but uh, it's just a fun fact that, you know, when starting my research and looking at trying to figure out, you know, where the bond started and everything. And I brought it up earlier that the, um, Dr. No, which was assumed to be the first Bond movie, was not actually the first Bond yeah, movie. Yeah, that blew my mind. I know, it's a, little, it's a little crazy. So the story is is that in 1954, producer for CBS, Gregory Radoff, uh, got CBS in the end. The deal was structured a little different in the end, but in the end, he paid $1,000 to Ian Fleming to get the rights to the James Bond story. And they wrote a one-hour made-for-television movie that was made to be a part of the CBS anthology series Climax Mystery Theater. Yes, I did say that right. Um, That's very Bondish of them. Yeah, and, it is. And, well, they just, it was a part of an anthology series. It wasn't its own standalone thing. It was just part of that series. And um, they actually transformed the main role and uh it wasn't a Bridget, british agent in this in that movie it was an american agent named jimmy bond played by barry nelson <laughs> i just thought that was a jimmy fun bond. fact it was that was very interesting so wait you're the saying the stole it? no no <laughs> ian fleming wrote it but yeah. they adapted it to be and it was 1954 right, i mean right. <laughs> jimmy bond so, the barnyard bond one of the thing I, one of the things i wanted to bring up um we brought it up we touched on it just a little bit um but the the bond car and um Ooh, the yes. the aston martin was is, is the epitome of the bond car because the aston martin in various models throughout the years has been the most used in the movie Oh, yeah. (laughs) And the DB5 is obviously the most iconic. Mm -hmm. And the reason for me that that's so special is I had the Aston Martin DB5 Bond toy car. Which came with its breakaway roof and ejector seat for the James Bond that sat in it. I I will say that you do have. As in you don't have. Oh, it's, it's in a landfill somewhere, oh, leaking that, lead into our soil that's as we speak. That's a future show we're going to have. Yeah, it's, oh. a, it's a future show. I, I like the iconic vehicles. This wasn't as iconic, but I liked it just because I was a car buff. Well, if I'm not mistaken, it was Honor Majesty's Secret Service when they go skiing, and he has the Lotus. I oh, like yeah. the Lotus yeah. vehicle. Yeah. Those yeah. things look so cool. Yeah. <laughs> I was always a fan of the gun because mm-hmm. you, you have movies. Walter PPK. You have you have movies of guys with machine guns, bazookas, yeah. and the biggest uh, eagle whatever yeah. guns. The dirty cannons. And then yeah. he has the Walter PPK over here, just pew pew pew. Yeah. <laughs> and he would sh- one shot would kill six people. Well, yeah. it's, it's kind of like, and they would have automatic weapons that could never touch him. Yeah. Never touch him. Yeah, I mean, like his Walter PPK is kind of like his drink has shaken not stirred i mean if anybody's ever watched west wing west wing fan Mm -hmm. next to me here knows that bartlett makes fun of him he's basically uh ordering a weak martini and being snooty about it (laughs) i mean that's bond he can do that because he's bond 
You yeah. have any closing thoughts, Josh, about anything we haven't touched on? I just cannot wait for the next Bond film. I've been, you know, going back and watching some of them have just been a treat. Uh, if y'all haven't done it before, if you ever get the time, go back and watch them. Not in chronological order, because that would take forever to figure out, but the release order. Okay. Reason why, my wife and I, we call it our Bondathon. We do oh, it like awesome. once a year. If you go back and watch it from the beginning all the way until the most recent one, and just see how he has just grown as a character and how much yeah. more of an icon he is I mean into so many things I mean you can put the name Bond on anything and you can associate it with brands that people buy now exactly Aston yeah. Martin Amigo watches Armani suits I mean yeah the Walter things PBKs. You, Walter PB Gays yeah. I mean he, he's so ingrained in our culture now that you know He's not. He's never going to go anywhere. Even if you make a movie where they finally kill him off, he's endless. He's yeah, not going absolutely. anywhere. We're, he's going to be here long past us, and I just can't wait to see what they bring next. I dig it. How about you, Ronnie? Closing thoughts? Just an iconic character. I mean, for many, many, many years, and whenever we're all gone and our children have children, it'll be still around and be as iconic, I think, yeah. then as it is now. Who, who would you say your dad's favorite Bond would be? Sean Connery. Sean Connery? Yeah, my dad. Our dad, our dad would be have to be yeah, Sean Connery. Sean How about Connery. your dad, Josh? My dad would say that he's probably a wuss. <laughs> a wuss. I prefer John Wayne and I, McClintock. I, I, I'm a Clint Eastwood <laughs> fan. McClintock, no more whiskey. <laughs> Any closing thoughts, Brian? No, I think we kind of touched on it all. Touched there. on everything. Well, oh, we, we do need to get to... Uh, before we end the show, uh, Ryan won the contest in the last oh, yes. show. Yep. So he's going to name episode five. So what 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 would the theme be? I went with two themes, but I had to choose one. I kept going back and forth. I think I texted y'all what I was going to go. Then I kept going back and forth. We're riveted. We're waiting. What is the theme going to be? <laughs> we are going to do a theme. And I'm going to make you an offer I, you can't refuse. <laughs> we are going mafia. mafia. We are going mafia movies. We are yeah, going to be talking nice. in my ring next time. All yeah, right. Yeah. So you heard it. We're going. The episode five is going to be all mafia. That's going to be good. And uh, Jim is going to name episode six. So listen in uh, next week. We are now going to We're be going record, weekly. recording yes, we weekly, so we can give it to you yeah, more often. Yes, we can, give you, we can annoy you more often. Uh, so please uh, follow us on Facebook. Reach out, uh, reach out to us. Message us. Follow us. Subscribe. Give we us are a rating. On, yes, give us a rating. Um, you know, follow us on iTunes. Or subscribe on iTunes. Uh, Google. We're on Google Play now. Google Play. Uh, Podbean. Um, Facebook, and we're going to be having an Instagram. Yeah, we're going also. to be creating an Instagram um, here. Yeah, I'm just glad we had our first guest, Josh. Yeah, and yeah. thank you, Josh, for yeah, coming thank you, in. Josh. This Hopefully, was fun. enjoyed it. I was maybe. nervous at first, but I, 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 mean, I ain't going to lie, this was great. And maybe, maybe a future member. Maybe we'll, we'll talk about it. Uh, uh, I don't know, man. This is pretty fun. fun. Uh, even though you had more fun than you thought you were going yeah, to. I mean, he brought up the mafia <laughs> movies, and uh, ooh, was there is there an episode? I know we spoke about spoke about future episodes. Have we talked about an episode of? Uh, is is this the only one that we brought up of spy type movies? Or no, no, uh, we have. If, if so, I was just going to give honorable mention and a shout out to the new age spy movies, Kingsman. Yeah, I love Kingsman. God, I love you Kingsman. know, that's a new that's a that's the a new type of yeah. British intelligence. Yes, uh, that you know like we could octane. hit on in a different, a different a, show. That's a millennial creation. Yeah, <laughs> I, hey, I'm with you, Brian. I'm like I 50, 50. Yeah. I 
I absolutely love. I'm I love them. I, I like them. elements. I think of it, it's. But, I think it's a good start for something I mean, it's, new. It's, to me, it's a popcorn thing. It's to a popcorn me, movie. Yeah. To me, yeah. that movie is a trilogy. Give and me done. three, Give me and three I'm and good. Done. I'm yeah. Good. Well, that, that's so, a, that's a different show. So yeah, we uh, also want everybody to to be looking out for because as this gets listed, we're going to be launching a giveaway, a huge, exactly. huge giveaway. That we want everybody to be on the lookout for. Mm-hmm. It's going to come along with this podcast, and it's going to uh, require some engagement. But we want you to be looking for that and follow along because it's going to be a pretty big prize. And we're also going to have some small prizes along some, the way. We got so, a lot of small prizes so to start. Everybody out with be looking for that coming big. down the pike, and it's you're going to see it very soon. Josh, one more thing. Oh, I was just going to say. Uh, all joking aside, thank you guys for having me. I, I was really nervous about being here, my first ever podcast, but this has been a lot of fun. Yeah, man. And, uh, and, yeah. Hey, I had a lot more fun I thought I was going to have. So hats in the ring. <laughs> Invite me you. back anytime. We'd love we love a new member to bring a different aspect to to the table. Can I do voices? Oh, we're sure. I can do voices. Hey, Absolutely. You see this? This is a list lists of shows that we are going to be doing in the future so Ooh, i get to tons. see it first yes in... absolutely oh joy oh yeah so we want to thank everybody for listening again subscribe listen to, uh, to us on all the channels that we have uh hit us up on instagram that we will soon have on facebook make fun of us tell us how we're wrong tell us how we're right agree with us and the things that we ask you to participate in please tell us anything you would like we would like to be more connected with the community and i would just like to thank everyone again Mm -hmm. this has been so fun so far and we got so far to go so i uh, again i'm matt i'm ryan i'm brian i'm jim Oh, yeah, I'm Josh. Oh, he's Josh. (laughs) And thank y'all for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Adios.